0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey,
1: how you doing? Episode one hundred and twenty-two. One twenty-two. It's a good number. Getting pretty crazy, getting pretty high. Very excited to have our guest on today, Louis Zamora, man. Wow, we've uh, been getting requested Louis for a long time, and you know Louis is a real old friend of mine, and what a legend in skating. So super happy to have him a part of it and have him on the show. Um, before I do my regular spiel, I just wanted to um, give a, say something about Mikey Cancel. He is an OG New York City skater who, who passed away last night. And, you know, I know it hit the New York City scene really hard. So I just wanted to, you know, just for a, a moment of remembrance to Mikey Cancel and everyone in New York. Because I know it hit hard, the community over there. So mm-hmm. much love to him. And his family and everyone who's going through it over there. So I just wanted to shout that out. I but much love.
0: Rest in peace, Mikey. He was the rest man. Rest peace, Mikey. Uh, always, always was good for a good laugh. Always. He man, was the man. Brought, a, brought the, the light to the sessions. Brought the light to every yeah. single session.
1: If you get a chance, check him out skating the Bitter Cold Showdown. I, I don't know what year it was. Maybe 2006. 2006. 2006 it was a 2006 you yep. know he had the one piece jumpsuit on the a beige dickies <laughs> one piece jumpsuit on and he was just like for disaster 450 background like four, five, 540 it. true porn star he almost did but it was a battle man he really like if you were there for that event he really showed out so and that was just one of the many things this guy's a legend in new york so uh rest in peace mikey cancel and uh that being said uh everyone thanks for joining us today very very stoked to have this guest on um Please, if you don't already, follow us on all of our social media platforms. Go to our Facebook. Give us a like. Go to our YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a comment. Um, share our stuff. It helps with the algorithm. Get us to the top. We got an iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, you listen on there while you're at work or driving, please give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. It helps boost our channel. Um, also, we have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. And when you're a Patreon, you get exclusive content, such as Inside Outs. These yeah. are trick tips. We have three pieces, which are like three-piece tricks, like three tricks from whoever we may be around or be filming with. We have uh, section reviews, and we're going to be doing a section review today with Louisa Zamora. We have a couple good ones that we did just before with Demetrius George on mm-hmm. our last episode, 121. So if you haven't seen that, please check it out. And, uh, yeah, it gets to be really interesting. You get to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. And on top of that, we do a monthly drawing every month um, for all of our Patreons. And if you win the monthly drawing, then you get something for free from our online store. It could be a shirt. It could be a five-panel hat. It could be a mug. And we're going to add some stuff. Me and Austin had a talk mm-hmm. about adding some stuff to our online store. So we got to update it very soon. And uh, soon. Yeah. $3 to be a patron. So thank you very much.
0: $3. That's it. Well, I want to give a quick shout out to our new patrons this week. We have, I didn't practice pack these names, Patrick Merton, William Byram, and Boniek Quadra. Thank you all for supporting. And we have, it's time for the monthly giveaway for the month of February. So like Billy nice. said, get one of whatever you want from our, oh, that's not the right one. One of whatever you want from our online store. <laughs> so we have all 314 of you in this drawing. And one of you guys going to get, or girls going to get, whatever you want from our online store. Where is the thing? There we go, boom. And at random, we have the winner, Aaron Schultz. Congrats, Aaron Schultz. Nice, that's cool. Aaron's been a long time supporter of this show, watches live quite often, so really cool. Thanks, Aaron, for your support. We'll reach out uh, when the show's done. We'll get you whatever you want, t-shirt, mug, hat, whatever it may be, it's yours. Thank you so much. keeping this going. We have a WTF this week and we have, it's a good one. If you haven't seen it already, this is uh, Jimbo Hawkins showing us what peak male athletic form looks like (laughs) with the hands in the pants, (laughs) the hands in the pants backflip super awesome. This has gone like crazy viral for whatever reason in the last day or two. So if you haven't seen it already, check out Jimbo throwing the backflips. Yep.
1: I I saw it on some uh, I saw it on some Instagrams and that would never have shared blading before. Like they got a send it official I've been following them for a long oh, time really? and I noticed like, yeah, they never, they never, uh, share blading ever. So I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I saw it on today. I was like, what, what is this? I had a like double take. I was like, oh, cool. So yeah, I saw Barstool,
0: Barstool shared it as well. It's, it's funny. Oh, did they? Yeah. Barstool shared it today.
1: Oh, that's cool. And that's like
0: a massive account too. So it's, it's funny how, like what clips get viral these days you know like more and more in the last year or two we mentioned it almost every time on the show when a clip goes viral a blading clip because it's not common in our little side of the world but like anthony Marchion had a clip like fishbrain and kink that went viral It's right uh, it was
1: on espn yeah
0: one. yeah exactly diaby the backflip at fees you know this gone viral the clip of um, damon franklin recently at the frank morales even though that was a fall still like snoop dogg mm-hmm. posted it and stuff like that so it's pretty cool seeing all these things where. We're getting known in the public eye, slowly but surely again. So we're on our way back up. Definitely good. But congrats to Jimbo Hawkins for being the WTF and the WTF of the whole industry for the week, (laughs) pretty much. That's right. Um, Also,
1: we are so happy to have our sponsor back who sponsored us all of 2021, and they're sponsoring us again this year, uh, Blank. They've been doing so much cool stuff. We love their team. Uh, We love everything that they're doing. And they got some new cool stuff out that uh they got this new ad so we should check that mm-hmm. out now austin is it ready
0: Seems yeah so. it's ready from the man everybody check out the new blank sean Keene pro model skate and here's a quick word from the man himself
2: hey what's up this is sean Keene. my new
1: pro skate is now available worldwide full sizes coming this summer
0: go rollerblade Uh, I gotta love those guys. perfect. (laughs) You gotta love those guys. Thank you, Blank, uh, for sponsoring this show. Uh, We're happy to be partners with you again. Everyone check out the Blank Sean Pro Model Skate. Out now. Um, Before we move on with our guest, if you haven't already, check out our last episode, 121 with Demetrius George. That was a huge hit. Um, A lot of people loved it. I just want to share a few comments uh, from the YouTube video. First one is from JS Clark 1984 who says man that was a good one thanks guys easily top 5 episodes for me we definitely need more tips on how to keep us old guys rolling don't bounce like we used to <laughs> that's that's true some of us that's still true. bounce some that's of us true. still bounce whether you bounce in a good way or a bad way we still bouncing We still bounce. We still bounce. Uh, Another good comment from Nikolai Berg, who said, Such an inspirational person. As a 35-year-old father of four who has been blading since the age of nine, I can really use a lot from this episode, both in regards to the mental and physical aspects. Very funny and educational. Awesome episode. Thank you, Nikolai. It was, uh, I think, there's a lot of knowledge in there, like you said.
1: A lot of knowledge.
0: Yeah, mental and physical. Demetrius, not that young of a guy anymore, but still... You know, keeping his health important because that's when we need to keep skating, you know? So, a lot of knowledge in that episode. If you haven't seen it already, check out 121 with Demetrius, George. But make sure you stay tuned for this one with the man, Louis Zamora. Um, is there anything else we got to do, Billy? Honestly, no. I'm excited. We should just get into it. We should just get into it. Everybody, please, warm round of applause for the man himself, Louis Zamora. <laughs> <laughs> Louis. Yeah. Hello. What's up, Louis? Thank you for joining us on the What's show up, today. Uh, thank you for having me, honestly. This wow. is awesome. It's going to be a good show. It's
1: really good to see you, Louis. Got to say, been a long time. Super happy to see your face. Great to see you on Instagram, like getting back into skating, posting everything, learning all the tricks again, getting your style back, getting your tricks back backslide to King Grind, Alib Top Porn, looking just like yourself from from years back. So yep. it's really cool to see and really uh, nostalgic to see and it's great to to have you with us. Really it's an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I wanna, but I want to but I want to talk about, you know, I know you when I already when I met you, um, when we were friends back around the Esco days, you were already like VG14 had already passed. You were already all these Esco videos like you were like already such an iconic skater at that level, second regime, all this stuff. Um, but I don't really know if I'm familiar with how you started. What you like your beginning was, what, how you got introduced to skating, and uh, I, I know it was like very early because when I saw like some of your early stuff, it was from like the, the at least ninety seven, ninety eight. But I'm curious how you got started uh, and and how it all began for you. Um, yeah, it's interesting
3: actually. Uh, I haven't talked about the origins of my role budding story in a really long time. I don't know if I ever actually said it publicly. A lot of my close friends know, but um, uh, I grew up, well, I was born in Los Angeles and I grew up in a, a city called La Puente. And it's like, a, it's a little, little ghetto in that area. You know, my parents, they always worked really hard. We didn't have much when we started. And uh, they always had dreams, you know, to like, you know, move to a better neighborhood and put us in a place that, you know, was safe, that they felt. So, um. After a while, I think I was about to go into my freshman year in high school, my parents um, had finally, you know, saved enough money to make a move, and my dad applied for a job transfer, With this job at the time was uh, Pacific Belt back in the day, now AT&T, and he got it approved, and um, I don't think he was really thinking it was going to get approved, but it did, so we got to move to San Diego at that point, you know, and I remember when it happened, all my, my best friends, my close friends there, I was so bummed, you know, I was like, you know, damn, like, I can't imagine a life, you know, without, you know, these people that I know and everything that I know that, that I consider my home. And, uh, it was a difficult transfer for me, uh, in the beginning, uh, me and my dad went up first to San Diego. He stayed with a coworker of his for the summer and I went to summer school there and, you know, I was in the midst of making new friends and seeing what's, what's going on there at this time. I only like played sports like baseball and stuff like that. And, uh, definitely fighting games like street fighter. I was all about that video games. Um, but, uh, we ended up, um, moving into these apartments that, uh, you know, we, that my parents found, you know, in the transition to getting a house. So we stayed there for about a year before we got our house approved and all that stuff. And all the escrow stuff worked out and actually moved there. But during this time I was staying at this apartment complex, the new friends that I met there, um, they rolled, it and I didn't know anything about it. You know, like the only thing that I knew was I liked to go to the, the roller rink back in the day and cruise you know around roller skates and I actually did try rollerblades one time at this place called skate junction back in the day in la and i was like wow i remember loving it then but not thinking it was something that i would have to get to do again unless i came there you know but when i moved there um the new kids they were skating around this apartment complex and i was just amazed by it and um my friend ryan spirocco that i met there his sister had a pair of trs's she never rocked ever and he had he had i remember he had macro blades um all rollerblades at the time. And uh, he's like, hey, dude, my sister doesn't even use these skates. Like, if you want to, you know, roll with us, dude, here you go. And there, I remember the like, brand new um, rollerblade TRS is the girl color with the purple and green. And like, I remember not even caring. I was like, dude, I'm down, you know, so like, I started <laughs> rolling with them. And, um, you know, we, in that little apartment complex, it was just like a bunch of cool things to learn, you know, and I think it's funny that, you know, like when I start starting to relearn these things that I started on curbs again, because that's definitely where I started you know, on curbs and like little parking lot gaps and stuff like that. So it was really nostalgic for me to like get back to the curb thing too. And I thought, I actually felt it was really important um, to reconnect me, you know, to it. So that, that's how it started for me, role wise um, And then from then on, you know, we progressed as a little crew from that apartment complex, you know, skating around the city of Rancho Bernardo, meeting all these people. And um, I used to, like beg my parents to take me to the skate park, you know. Once I found out the skate parks were a theme, I was like, oh, wow you know, take me there. And, um, any chance I got to skate, I would, you know, I would skate home from school every day, um, in my little crew. Um, and I remember seeing the Encinitas skate park and, um, it, it's a uh, Magdalene Ecke YMCA. That's the first skate park I ever skated. And, um, I was skating there a lot, you know, and like, I started watching videos with my friend. Um, I saw like, I remember like hoax one, you know, Matt beef, like that was like one of the first, most like amazing videos I ever watched right there. And then I saw hoax two and I was like, Whoa, this is like, a lifestyle too and i just was so happy to like be on that and i remember when i put those uh those trs's on honestly like for some reason when i when i put these skates on they felt so natural for me like it just felt like comfort right when i put them on i was like oh man like, this is where i'm supposed to be at right now like this is this is what's up it's, a, it's almost better than putting on shoes for me um it just felt like it was like a part of me almost um yeah, so uh skating around, going to the, the at city skate park as much as I possibly could. And um one time I was there and I, I ended up seeing um Robert, Eric, and Bo. And um actually, you know, I seen I've seen a couple people rollbudding there before, like we knew who each other were. I saw Dustin Latimer and Kevin Gillen there. Um I remember seeing Dustin Latimer at the skate park, right? And like, you know, he was always he was a little competitive back then. I remember meeting him were like, Oh, okay, you got this, I got that. And I remember seeing uh, Dustin's pants. He had, like, these white, like, like uh, big, like, Jenko style pants. And he had, like, drew all, like, the Dope Skate Company's graphics on him himself. Like, I remember, like, he, like, did, like, the Senate Super S really dope on there and stuff. And I was, like, oh, he's down, dude. Like, you know, he's about that life, so am I. And um, I remember battling in there, and then I got to see Robert, Eric, and Bo. And I was, like, oh, crap. Like, i seen these guys in the videos. Like, this time I was watching the VGs already, too, you know. And, um I saw them then. I, thought I was I was so amazed to like be able to see people like that were that good, you know. And like I definitely learned a lot from them. And then um, one Sunday, my I begged my dad to take me there. Um and there was two sessions you could skate. There was an early morning one, and then there was like an afternoon one. And um, my dad was usually good for one. And he's like, all right, it's time time to go, you know. But I was like, dad, can I please stay for the second session? You know, this that day I had to skate again. And um, he didn't want to do it, but, I, but my dad's awesome, and uh, my dad knew that I, I was doing something that, that I definitely loved to do, and he saw me really happy while doing it so he definitely uh let me stay and um when i stayed that time i guess Rollblade, the company actually um was coming out with some new skates at this time and uh they were testing them out at the park during that section that session and i remember meeting mike giacente um there um and he was riding rollerblades at the time and then boom i saw chris edwards at the skate park and i was like that's chris edwards right there <laughs> shock you know and like I remember this is when like the roll chocolates just came out and then the tarmac CE, you know like his pro skate and then the the white skates too. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And oh yeah,
3: while I was there skating, um, one of the rollblade guys came up and said, "Hey, like, um, would you mind like trying to test these these skates out with us, you know, skating with us?" And um, I was like, "Of course!" Like, I already was in my mind doing that already. Like, I'm I'm about, I'm definitely gonna do that. So I stayed and I skated with Chris Edwards. I got to meet him, you know. I was watching him do. Some amazing things taken to the levels he always does take it to, you know. And um, we had a good session. We skated, you know, at the end of that, um, I ended up talking with the roll lid rep, um, Chris, Mike Giacente, Mike G. Um, and they gave me three pairs of skates. And I was like in shock that I Whoa. got a free pair. It's like the skates are like 300, right? I remember yeah. like riding my every skate till like it was just so dead, you know, um, wishing I'd get new skates. And they gave me three pairs of skates. So I was like, on you know cloud nine right there i was super happy about right. it right uh, yeah um so then i guess i made contact with Rollblade um and just skating a little bit more and then at that point when they got that i started linking up with robert and eric and Bo more and tomas at the time and then i'm also with brian bell um i, I met brian bell at the skate park also and um we all started skating more you know and like the crew just kind of assembled right there like once we got to know each other and knew what we like to do. I remember like specifically skating with Robert and Eric, like training on like certain rails. Like, you know, we have like a, me and Robert had this this thing where we go to a rail and like have to do a certain amount of tricks in a row, like back to back to back or like get them done in succession. You know, and we used to call it locals only at RP High. Like if you you can go up and you can sold around that rail first try, no matter where you're at, that's locals only stuff right there. (laughs) Um. And then uh, I remember, you know, after all that skating, I was talking with Rollblade. I started talking with uh, Randy a little bit too at that time. Super amazed to meet Randy. Um, And then uh, Rollblade asked me if I wanted to skate for them. You know, I was thinking about like, you know, I didn't really know what sponsorship was and how that worked. At the time, I just knew I wanted to Rollblade a lot. And um, they basically said, yeah, um, you're gonna get to Rollblade a lot and make money too. And I was like, well, that's awesome. Like I get to Rollblade. I was really too concerned with the money thing at the time. Um, I thought it was going to be cool that I could make some extra money, but I know, like, my family could use it. And, like, I know that like, it helped me having it, you know, having to spend all the stuff on me because this stuff's expensive. So um, I remember when I got the contract from Bold, I remember asking them, like, all right, you know, I'm down to do this, you know, but I want you guys, can you please send me, you know, 20 pairs of skates? And I thought I was joking, but I wasn't. Like, I was pretty serious about it. And... Um, after a few talks, a couple of days go by, they go, all right, you know, boom. Like three days later, 20 pairs of skates show up at my house. And I that's gave a pair of skates to every single kid I could um, around me in my neighborhood. Um, and I thought that was uh, the least I could do, you know, try to, you know, help build the skating scene, do that. And, um, you know, to this day, I still see some of the kids in my town and they say, what up? I remember that, that pair of skates you gave me, you know, and some of them still skate, you know, and I, I think that's, that's awesome. You know, I love, like to try to remember where I come from. And, yeah, uh,
1: that's really cool, man. That's super you know?
0: awesome. I never heard anything like that. Alone, To be able to spread the love like that. Jeez, twenty pairs. That that was when skating was in a good state, when you could afford to send a, sk- a writer twenty pairs of skates to hand out to everybody. Spread but it. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's fucking, that's awesome. I, I love hearing these stories about like legends and OGs like yourself as a grom, like going to the skate park and being like starstruck by Dustin Latimer and like Robert Levandos and Eric Shrine and shit like that. Because I think, at least for me, anyway, I don't see you as that type of person you know you're always on the other end of it and
3: uh that's such a cool story to hear that i was definitely starstruck um especially when i met randy he was on a whole nother level He was already like had a pro skate coming out you know like he had a car you know he was on planes like every weekend you know i was like wow is my life gonna be like that and i just remember thinking like no way you know so dreams do come true sometimes and uh that was definitely my dream like i was super t-dog with it i had like Stickers all over my skates,
0: dude. I was all about, it. Yeah, I forgot about doing that. Stickers on the skates. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just did it again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I remember seeing, like, early clips of you. I forgot, like, I can't even, like, think of the video right now. But it was just, like, you were, like, it was, like, you and Randy, like, back in the day, like, kind grinding, like, you know, little curbs and rails and just, like. um, But, yeah, just, like, the. That trajectory, like, back then, like, seeing you and, like, all that stuff and then just hearing, like, that story, like, getting there and skating with those guys. I always thought for some reason you guys came up together. I always thought, like, it's cool to know that, like, you came from L.A. and, like, met up with them and, and got with their crew. And, yeah, because I remember seeing, like, Robert from, like, the early days, too, like, in, like, VG6, VG, like, the, the early ones, but... Mm-hmm before that, man, um, yeah. Eric Schreiner
3: had a, a profile in VG3.
1: VG4, oh, yeah. VG4, yeah. right, and then Randy had his
3: profile VG3, I think. VG3, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I remember, like, um, Randy picking me up from my mom's house. Like, when we first met, he's like, dude, I'll come pick you up right now. I'm like, no way. All right, yeah, dude, pick me up. And, like, he would just pick me up. I'd cruise out and stay at his house for, like, a week, skate every day, nonstop, play video games, you know, do the, the life of that time, you know, it was just awesome. Like, I got to meet so many people from him. And I'm um, from Eric too. like Eric definitely was big, big influence on in my life um, early in the days too. And like, you know, he always looked older. So my parents trusted him. Like I <laughs> nice. did, I think Eric had like a mustache at like 10, dude. Like he did, he was that kid, yeah. like, you know, like, little league dude that he was the pitcher with the mustache. You're like, damn, I'm like afraid of the like, hit this. <laughs> ball <that>. okay. <laughs> always had it, you know? But um, he definitely had his stuff together. His dad helped him a lot with the traveling and everything like that too. And um, some funny stories with that, too. It's really funny. Shout um, out to Glen and Shrine, and, you know, making sure we all got to our places safely. Um, but yeah, we, we ended up traveling a lot together. Um, I remember specifically, too, one time, um, the first ASA competition I got to skating, I had to qualify, it took a long time to do that. Um, I remember the ASA finals we took to qualify, too. Um, that was fun. But um, the first weekend, I remember I went to uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, I me and Eric did, and Robert went to Salt Lake City for NIST. You know, so we're like, hey, we'll go that one, you go that one, right? And I remember I, I won my first ASA, and Eric got second, and Robert got first at NIS. And, like, we was, I remember getting home, and all of us were like, yeah, that's how we do it. all happy Sick. about it, you know? Damn.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know you went on, like, so many different travels, like, uh, seeing you skate, like, I think I saw you skating, like, the, the Bersia. I've heard about stories, you traveling, like, over there to to Rome and things like that, but how did what what manifested with the rollerblade relationship after the the twenty skates thing, which is by the way like epic. Like I don't mm-hmm. think any skate company's ever done that before. That's cool. You just put your foot down twenty.
0: That's cool. <laughs> yeah, do it. You can only sponsor me for twenty skates.
3: <laughs> Shoot them. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh what manifested from that was just a good relationship. You know, I gotta say to this day that rollerblade has always treated me with like respect, and we're always really professional about it. You know, and like I mean, I took a kid, you know, that liked roll blade, you know, um every day and didn't see anything about it being professional at a point to um to meet up with a company like Rollblade to to start learning the ways that this is something we could do, help a company work out. This this promotion and sponsorship, there's a give and take there. And I learned that a lot through them Um also with Randy too, with his pro skate and Chris Edwards too with his his skates. And I saw them taking it seriously, you know, and like I'm a real serious person when it comes to things that i love you know pretty much all in um so yeah i, I skated for them for about i, know, I think two to three years um two three years and um i remember like they were talking about getting pro skates to people and i wanted one but i don't think they were willing to do that except for like you know chris edwards but then randy got one but i mean i still thought randy was like on another level than me too but um it started getting the talks of like uh, you know, maybe a pro skate, maybe not. And then like, it didn't happen. And then someone else was like, well, we'll do that. You know, and I'm like, well, I don't know. And I kind of got caught up in like the whole sponsorship, you know, vibes of what, what can you do for me? You know, and at that time, was, I was still young at the time. You know? So I ended up moving from there to K2, I believe. Yeah, I went to K2, but um, at that time too, um, K2 had a really amazing team manager named Matt LaCrosse. And uh, if it wasn't for him, I definitely wouldn't have made that move. Um, he made it pretty easy. He was an amazing, amazing team manager. Um, probably the best side, team manager I've ever, you know, worked with or was involved with. Um, went to a lot of places. So uh, the K- the role bay thing evolved into the K two thing, and,
1: uh, and that's when like uh, Pat Lennon and Sean Robertson yeah. <laughs> and you and that was like that was like their are like they have people like I think they had ads with like the Corvettes. They're like mm. the fancy yeah. cars. I remember, remember that? That. I
3: remember that. Yeah, we had like Ferraris. We had like the, the yeah, Shelby yeah. Cobra. Yeah, you, uh, oh, you had the Shelby? Oh, I didn't have that. No, I remember Keith uh, Keith Wilson, photographer um, from Esco. He actually uh, wrecked that car while we were in Vegas. Um, <laughs> Damn, like, Eleanor? I remember, like, That's like, Eleanor. Like, it's cool, dude, don't worry about it. Like, it's all right. <laughs> Damn. Let's take care of that. <laughs> I mean, we rented a Dodge Viper, a Ferrari, a Shelby Cobra, like some gnarly Hummer. Um, and then we had um two limos the whole time you know taking team everywhere we wanted to go and um we all got to bring our you know friends and family too and it was it was rad it was rad yeah sean Robinson, pat lennon later tj weber amazing role player. um uh, cesar mora matt salerno um scott crawford um, wow all legends, legends. you yeah. know
0: what kind of trip was that? Was that just like a regular, was there like a tour or Dude, contest? That was like,
3: like, what? Up, like photo shoot for the cattle. Like, I was like photo shoot for the upcoming line of K2 products. And Matt, Matt LaCrosse wanted him to do, he had this vision that he wanted to do a big, you know? and, uh, it's pretty he big. he definitely did it that way. Uh, Matt LaCrosse is awesome. He, when we used to go on tour, he'd bring like all like the, he call it K2 toy company because K2 made so many different toys, you know, and like, he literally would bring like all the scooters, the bikes snowboard skis, whatever we needed at the time, we wanted to go do it, we could go do it. And um, it was always on deck, the bikes, like, you know, everything It was just, it was rad, it was rad. Really dope environment. I
1: never thought about that. Yeah, you're that. talking about, you're talking about K2 money now, though, you know, you're <laughs> talking about like, these guys do everything, they're all like, all the mountain sports, you know, they're doing all the ski sports, like, all oh, this K2, it's like, they got big bucks, they're a multi, multi million dollar company, if not in the hundreds of millions, and who knows, even in the I'm no finance guy, maybe billions. I don't know, but, but they're probably a small thing to get, get you guys all to fly out there and do that, that stuff. And yeah. that's during that time where there's like, I mean, that must've been exciting during that time to be like, Oh, I'm skating for this like legit company. Like this is going to go somewhere cool. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he made it seem like the possibilities were endless, you know, and like, that's awesome. Like, you know, it's hard for me to be put in boxes or used to be, um, you know, and he made it feel like, uh, we really had opportunity to do, you know, a lot of things and. Uh, that was awesome, that was, that was a great thing right there. Um, shout out to Matt LaCrosse, um, great team manager. He just, he knew how to work with um, athletes like ourselves, you know, like, I mean, obviously a lot of us are anti-everything, you know, especially like, uh, you know, being told what to do and stuff like that, you know, and he kind of knew how to work with us, you know, and um, also knew how to, you know, explain that sometimes you need to be this, you need to do this. Um, so yeah, it was a good learning experience. I mean, I've learned so much from everybody along my along my journey. Like, um, So many amazing people along the way that, that have taught me different things in different parts of my life that I can just um, think that I was so lucky and so grateful, know, um, to this day, I just feel like I've learned a little something from everyone, and uh, I'm just really appreciative of that.
0: Yeah, speaking yeah. about... Uh, I well, was thinking about appreciation. I was just thinking now that you mentioned like the whole pro skate thing, I'm like thinking about your journey now, Rollblade K2, I believe you went on to like USD and then did Deshi after that. But like, why did it take so long to get a pro skate? You didn't have a K2 pro skate. Did you?
3: I was pretty close to having one. Um, no, see, these are big companies Rollblade and K2 were on like another level, you know, for them to do a pro skate for someone like that was like a, like literally like they made a whole skate for someone. Like they didn't just like throw their name on a skate. They made you a skate, Um, like Randy's uh, skate after Chris Edwards once. Chris Edwards, the Tarmac CE, that's a whole different skate than the other. I mean, it has part of the TRS boot, but a whole different system set up to it. And then Randy's skate came with, like, a whole different frame with star bolts on the side of it, you know. And Mm -hmm. uh, they they actually made the full skates, and K2 is on the same level where they, you know, we're not just going to throw your name on a skate. It's going to be a pro skate, a whole skate. So when looking at those terms, I, it was hard for me to understand at the time, but yeah, it was a, it was a big investment, you know? And uh, I remember that I really liked the the 250 CCs a lot, and I wanted uh, one of those to be my pro skate if I was gonna get one. And um, I remember Matt LaCrosse setting up like the the custom, the custom K2s, you know, and like that was the link to be able to get a pro skate. I think that's what he was setting that in place for. But um, all of us made amazing custom skates. Like I, I remember literally like, he would print out the custom form like it was a drawn 250 and then you literally just wrote in like the colors and the materials you wanted and uh, they would magically make that happen and uh i made a couple of skates i I've probably made like 10 total in my life but uh i made a, a yellow version of, of a 250 cc and um i know that they end up making that skate and that was supposed to be what i thought my skate um why yellow at the time i don't know i was feeling yellow <laughs> i don't know but um, yeah. But I remember uh, Ryan Jacqueline having some dope customs, dude. Like way ahead dope. of the game. Yeah. So,
1: dope. Dope. so some of those some I of those thought... early K two customs were dope. Yeah, dope. I was gonna Super ask fun. you about they that They were really too. dope.
0: We've had a few yeah. K two. Um,
1: I feel like that former, was early days though.
0: Like '90s oh, yeah. kind of right? Because we had. Um, Dave Ortega on the show back when we used to do this oh, in, like yeah. in person in New York and he had still physically a few of the custom K2s and he brought on the show and stuff like that. He so you would, got you awful. got busy with all that yeah. stuff too?
3: Ortega had some dope ones too. I mean those New York guys like, that's like, I felt like that that was like rock star status. Like when I'd see those guys, I was like damn so cool. like that swag, you know, they, they know how to do it. They were just, you know, confident and knew what they they were about, you know, and I just for a young person seeing that and, and Julio, too, because he's a little older. You know, he keep hanging out with those guys, you know, at different events. And I'd see him. Was I just remember thinking, those guys are rock stars, dude. Yeah. Like amazing. You know? Like, Ryan Jacklin was a huge influence on, on my skating coming up, too. Like, you know, just the way he, he did things. Probably, I ended up probably becoming probably, like, the direct foundation of some of the things I, I think about when it comes to style. Like, the way he, he did things and made it look like he didn't really care about it. It was, it was yeah. easy for him know it was hard you know it's about it's something about you know dancing on the edge of fear and then doing it the way you want to do it that like it's amazing you know and like it keeps me coming back um that's that's really cool that's really
1: cool that That, that's your uh, philosophy there because well one like i know like a lot of people like you're saying you were looking up to these guys like rock stars i know a lot of guys like from my generation and maybe a little later that we're looking to, to you and, and these other guys that way, like Josh Petty and Randy and you know, the guy you guys who did everything what you did and on the second regime and, and, and Deshi and everything like that. But it's really interesting to hear that, yeah, like Ryan Jackman was such an influence because you can tell that the way you approach style for yourself was like really it was important. But also you made it look very carefree in that way. You made it look like made the tough stuff look easy and you made things look stylish. Like You know, there's so many iconic sections, but specifically like the VG-14 one and the Esco Zoo Battle My Crew part. You just had so many iconic uh, tricks in there. So, um, yeah, um, I'm wondering what that experience was like, you know, because obviously we'll be be getting on to like when you started companies and had all this other impact. But what was that like, you know, working with Dave Payne, filming your own VG uh, part at VG-14 after like a lot of your close friends had filmed, you know, VG parts as well? Well, yeah,
3: that was, like, that was incredible, you know, and uh, shout out to Josh Petty also on, on my story, because he's definitely a huge part of my story. Me and Josh Petty were um, close, close friends, um, it, even before, like, coming up, too, you know, like, before we both got sponsored, I remember us uh, hanging out, skating at Encinitas also. I remember Josh showing up, and I'm like, who's this guy? Dude? Like, you know, and he's like, I'm from San Diego. I'm like, no, you're not, dude. You know, and he uh, rocks his <laughs> pants out of nowhere and just, like, having his own style with it. And I'm like, this guy's crazy with this, you yeah. um, know. But I'm talking with him. You know, he's actually a really funny guy, um, really, pers- really uh, personable. And I ended mean, up becoming really close friends um, along, you know. I mean, I had my base crew of, you know, Roadhouse, Robert, Eric, Bo, Tomas. But um, Josh Patey was definitely in there, too. Um, I definitely stayed at his house a lot. And then Wildman. Um but yeah, as far as this, the sections filming, you know, like, I mean, I had a lot of good people to, you know, reference from and I'm watching them do their stuff and how they approached, you know, the the tricks they wanted to do and how they wanted to do them for what sections or for what ads. I mean, and I also, I come from a time of, of print ads too, you know, where a photo yeah. is also as important as a video and, um, mm-hmm. you know, shooting photos comes, uh, it, it puts you in a different mentality, you know, like I, I, you want this photo to be cool. Um, and uh, you really think about the trick you want to do a little deeper than you think about it before a photo. Um, so a lot of the tricks that I, I wanted to do over the time came from the basis of it might be a photo maybe, um, but linking up with Dave Payne was like, changed. it was like life changing, career changing, or like path changing, you know, because this is a man that like can do it all, you know, and he skates and films and he's cool. And, um, and he's motivated, you know, extremely motivated. You know, is extremely motivated, too. And I, I also come from that area era where we were lucky to have Bo, you know, in Esco Zoo, I mean, driving force behind Esco Zoo, actually. If it wasn't for him, all this, this footage, you know, for these, these sections wouldn't have really been out. Bo even helped a lot with the VG stuff, you know, for Eric, for me, for Robert, for all of us, you know, he was, he was a big, big, big part of that. Um, he always had a unique eye too. I remember like Bo being really particular about how he shot things. And, you know, when he actually put sets together, I was always amazed like, dude, you're good at this. Like he he somehow brought like um, the best out of each trick and then with the music and everything, he just, he linked it up legit. So when I linked up with Dave Payne, I had a little bit of knowledge of this already and you know, seeing how Bo and Dave Payne got along too. Was, you know, they're on the same page with that. So I, I love being around people that are motivated and doing what they love. You know, there's nothing more than I like than thriving with friends, you know, and that, thats what it like was like with Dave Payne, and with both. But um, with Dave Payne with VG, um, 14 section, he was like, hey, dude, we're gonna do a profile on you, and I'm like, awesome, I'm so down. Tell me where, I'll be there early, you know. And um, I end up just uh, actually Dave Payne and Randy were Spizer were uh, roommates at the time, so I mean, I was already staying with Randy all the time, pretty much always. I basically lived with Randy, um, more or less throughout my my teenage years and um, to early 20s, um. And uh, just being able to skate with him whenever he wanted. And um, he had this whole um, idea that we're going to go drive around, you know, and go to places. And I'm just going to film this locally. We're going to go to San Francisco, you know, different places. We, we made road trips. And we had already done the, um, the 50-50 England and um, I forgot what it was. it was. called the Pound for Pound Tour. And we, were, we linked up on that already. And I'm actually on the Pound for Pound Tour. Dave Payne brought his brother um, Rob Payne from Worship Records um, to DJ at every spot we went to. And the Sunshine Tour was, like, Sick. amazing. That was, like, if I think of it, it's my best memories, they come from the Sunshine Tour. I mean, Josh was there, and it was – I mean, everyone was. There were so many people there. I, I met Hakeem Jamo for the first time on that tour. I probably met a lot of you guys, you know, for the first time on that tour. And um, I remember we're at a – I think we were at in Detroit um, at Airborne. And um, we're skating there, and, and me and Dave were getting clips for the Pound for Town tour edits. And um, his brother put a record on, and I remember hearing it, and I'm like, damn, that song's dope. Like, and it was that uh, that song that goes, like, remember me? Like, that song that's yeah. in my DJ profile. And yeah. um, I'm like, hey, dude, what record is that? You know, and at the time I was into records too, and he's like, oh, it's uh, Blue Boy, Remember Me. And I'm like, dude, I like that. Like, I like that. I feel like it'd be really good for this. And that's the time we started talking about the profile and, like, doing these things. And I'm like, dude, that's the song. That's one of them, at least. And he's like, yep. And uh, we agreed immediately and like, I remember we got home, we got to, got to work and uh, we started going everywhere filming. I mean, we filmed a lot for that thing, dude, a lot. And um, I'm glad the way it turned out, I actually got to sit with Dave and do the edit the whole time too. You know, laugh, you know, like that, that collaboration be able to work together like that, you know, can turn out some, some great things, especially if you're both really, really focused on it. And um, you know, he also is another that showed me like the, the, the play side and the professional side, you know, he's like, you know, you play hard, but you got to work hard too. you know, like every night after we skated all day, he hit that, that, that editing Bay he had there, this media 300, you know, and just be tearing it up, just making VGs in front of me, dude. Like, you know, making what I looked at were my greatest memories on film, um, right in front of me. So like, that was just uh, an amazing experience um, to watch that. So that's, that's how that, that section worked out. And with Bo um, it was just, That's how we vibed in ESCO. We all vibe off each other doing tricks. Um, We all pushed each other and Bo was always there to capture it in like that special way. And making that battle my crew, I remember we were all like, all right, we're really gonna battle. Like, cause we come, we all come from like a, I don't know, I'd say taggerish background, you know? Cause I I used to write a lot and um, Bo definitely did. So when it comes to like battles and rap, you know, battle rap, we associate it all together. So like, hey, we're gonna go hard on this. Like, we're gonna go so hard that like, it's not really gonna be a competition. So I'm um, pretty sure Joe wasn't really happy about that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I love we it. definitely went on that one. You know, we definitely went on that one. It was a really uh, good time making it too, all of us. Uh, around that time when John Elliott started coming by ESCO too, and he was amazing too.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that was epic. That was really epic. Um, man, there's, there's so many different things to, uh, to talk about. And uh, I want to talk about Second Regime and, and Deshi, but how could we, if we don't talk about, the first regime. You know, we'd have to talk about the the Senate and yeah. the day of oh. the rope and, and, and being on, on Senate. I mean, wow. Imagine being on Senate back in the heyday, the heyday of Senate. Straight up. Man, Ooh. I I went into Pacific Sunwear and I saw a Senate mm. on the on the shelf. I was so proud to be a rollerblade. I was like, damn, look at that. Senate pants, Senate shirt over there. And so like everyone, like you said, you were looking at like, you know, Ryan and, and, uh, and Dave, like rock stars, like we were looking at people at Senate the same way. Oh, same, so, same way, same way. yeah. So oh, um, what, what the heck, how, like, that must've been pretty cool as well. Like.
3: Amazing. Uh, it's hard. I, It pains me that I even left it out cause it's such a big part of my story too. Like, and a big part of what, like, you know, cultured me and put me into, um, the way I skated and the way I saw things, um, you know, I looked up to Arlo too, huge. Brian Smith also, you know, and Brooke, bhs amazing personality and everything, you know, so talented, all those guys. And um I remember seeing if I can I remember going to Senate with Josh Petty and I wasn't sponsored by them yet, and like him asking him like if it was cool if I can get like some things and like I remember I got to go in there into the warehouse and like Get, like some stuff from seconds you know was something like that, that didn't quite get printed correctly or whatever and, Like they had a big cage of seconds dude i remember coming up on a bunch of wheels dude Ooh. you know they just messed up the screen a little bit on it or something like that or a couple shirts that like only were only made once like, messed up or samples and i thought that was amazing you know and like two weeks later i ended up getting actually sponsored by senate which was like incredible incredible like dreams come true right there like the senate was i don't know if you remember that that arlo ad where. Um, he's jumping off of uh, this like round thing, and he has skates there, and, and says something about, like a kickflip or something like that. Like a yeah. kickflip, I thought that was oh so, yeah, yeah. Like that was Everything. so dope. And, like just watching them, their process of how they created, like they were all just like vibing together and making shit happen right there. It was just so amazing. I was like looking up to like these guys, and then watching them do um, this stuff. It was like incredible to me. Like, and I'd say that's a lot of the foundation why I wanted to make a wheel company. You know and make anything in roll budding watching these guys do it is like they were incredible at it and like dude like when i got on senate it was right before they launched the line where like they really you know had done well that year before so they, they expanded their line like tremendously so like not only were they making shirts you know and then just jeans they were making like probably six, six to seven different pairs of, of jeans or pants at the time they were making boxers socks i don't know how many shirts you know pro wheels um, they were making, trying to make skates at the time too. I remember walking around Senate and like seeing like prototypes of like different skate ideas. And like, I was just like in amazement and then like, they wanted to make this frame one time, like it was a wider frame. I don't know if you ever remember seeing those, but I yeah. thought that was such a joke. I idea. remember those they, frames. Yep. Yeah. All those prototypes Before UFS Yeah. It was
1: before like the UFS, it was like, they went up like that.
3: Yeah yeah and yep. that was part of it so yeah like when i got sponsored by senate i went in there all, like all like welcome you know and like hey dude go to the warehouse and grab whatever you want dude and i was like no way like no that's mm-hmm. not like I, I i was still a little like apprehensive but then i started watching like josh go through it, and he was just like grab like three of everything so i was like all right i'll get a couple of things here and there and i remember it's, the first time yeah. I went, to Senna, i got my own package i came home right and i emptied my whole top Drawer of my of my dresser in my room, and and I literally organized every single thing perfectly in the top drawer that I got from Senate. <laughs> like I, just, I remember doing that, I have a vivid memory of that, and I'm um, being so happy and like, you know, still surreal at this point too, you know. But um, it was a it was an amazing culture too to be at Senate, you know, and like I mean, seeing T.J. Weber just come in the the office, and at that time T.J. Weber to me was like I don't know probably the best role of, of all time still probably is to me, in my, in my brain, like gave I me mean, overall style and just grace. And I don't know, trick selection, everything. TJ Weber is like phenomenal. Rob, Robert, that's Robert's favorite role better of all time. Like I remember he used to see what TJ Weber and he'd look at me like, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. gromming out on, on TJ Weber. Um,
1: that's so crazy. sick. A lot, a lot of people don't know how like much of an impact TJ had, like, you know, and it, oh, it took me even a while because I was like, uh, you know, I I remember the older generation, but I was really like captivated by like your generation. So like, mm-hmm. um, it took me a while to like realize like or make the connection between du- even Dustin Latimer and TJ. I was like, oh wow, Dustin Latimer was oh, really he- influenced by TJ. Like I yeah. didn't even know that until I looked deeper into it. But um, yeah, it's that's 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 cool to know.
0: Huge influences. Yeah. Uh, I have I have two questions about this whole Senate thing. First of all, I'm curious how you were asked to be on Senate, like what that experience was like. And two, I never, I don't think I've ever heard of Senate prototype skates before. Like, what was that like? Did you know about that, Billy? They were prototype Mm. Senate skates. Like what were those like? What do you remember about those?
3: Uh, I'll get there. I I remember, um, someone asking for me if I could be on Senate and I'm not knowing for a little while. And I think I got the phone call that I was going to be on Senate and, um, it's kind of hard for me to remember the exact moment of how it happened, but I remember it was a phone call. And it might've been Arlo that told me uh, that I was on Senate, but I was also with Randy a lot too. And i uh, broke too. Um, I actually ended up living at Brooke's house for a long time too. Um, but yeah, it was like a phone call and I was like, no way I'm on Senate. Like it was, it was incredible. And I remember the first time I got on Senate, um, just thinking like I'm gonna be able to get stuff for all my homies, dude. Like I was so happy about that. Um, definitely wasn't thinking purely myself about that time money um but uh, as far as the senate prototype skate goes i don't think they actually end up making um, a full-on prototype but they i remember they're taking skates taking ideas from other skates i remember seeing like um the out skate chilling at the, at the senate warehouse a lot and then some oxygens because a lot of people on senate were involved with oxygen at the time like t.j weber was big in oxygen yep. so it was tosh hodginson um scott bentley um, and brook you know and there were the, the older guys there too that had more like longer connections with uh, arlo and all these guys um but i think that they were trying to put something together like that but i don't know if there's actually a a legit prototype there but arlo definitely have a lot more information about that because i know they definitely had prototypes um, frames there and they had some designs going around but um they have not escape
0: yeah the frames i definitely remember seeing in team paradise and i've always i don't think i've ever still to this day i've seen a center frame in person but i remember seeing it in team paradise and i was like you could change frames on skates. Like, why would they make a Senate frame? I didn't understand that concept at the time. It was a hard one to grasp because we
3: didn't get it because all the frames were connected to straight up Like, they were on them, you know, it's part of the design. Yeah. Um, they are definitely on it. Yeah, I remember they had the, the wide wheels, too, that technology, too. Like, and I remember seeing, like, the prototypes of the wide wheels in the pros the skaters' wheels. Like, you know, I remember, like, oh, whose wheel was it? And it was, like, a wide wheel of Arlo's wheel. And I was like, fuck, that was so incredible. You know, but I don't think we ever got around to actually making them. But the wide wheel thing, had like made sense because they had a lot more grip on them too. I think it was, it was actually a really good idea. In hindsight,
1: yeah, that's uh, yeah, I remember that. That was weird. I was like, how do I put these? I remember holding them. How do I put these on? You <laughs> yeah. need like someone who is like uh, a master craftsman to like figure out how to like take it apart and put it on. <laughs> but um, it would have been interesting to see. I don't think I've ever seen them on a skate, especially back then. Yeah. But um yeah, so after basically that experience, you I guess the you, Josh, and Randy got together and you know you were like, hey man, Twisted Sister, we're not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> it's time for us to start our own thing. I mean, um, I think it seemed a so- little more
3: rebellious than it actually was. I mean, I know the guys sent were kind of bummed because like three of us left. Um but you know, before this too, we had also been linking up with Brian Smith a lot lately in skating too. We did the whole Night of, sh- night of the String thing. And that was like a play right. on, on Day of the Rope. In the Senate video too, I forgot to explain about this, is that that was the, the trip to film the Day of the Rope was my very first trip that I took on a plane from Roll And they sent me to um, Akron, Ohio, because Michael Powell's family lived there. And we went and stayed at his parents' house. It was me and Eric, and um, we went to film the whole thing there you know, in Cleveland and Akron. And I met, I met, I met James St. Hours there. I met uh, Justin Isinger there, a bunch of kids that we skated with over there. And that's how we filmed the whole day of the rope thing in one trip. Um, That's random Ohio. Yeah. Ohio's first wing trip ever. Um, And then with Brian Smith too, like um, we started like branching out and skating with him up in Venice and like um, Josh was up there a lot, you know, and um, I was there and then we all started like, you know, hanging out all the time together whether it's up in Venice, or if it was on, you know, on tour with me, Randy and Josh a lot. And all of us, I think at this point, had our eyes set on doing something ourselves already. Cause we had already been on Senate for a while now at this point, you know, it wasn't just like we got on Senate and then see it lit really quick. It wasn't, and it wasn't because we were upset with anything either. Um, it was literally like, we want to do what Senate did, you know, like we saw how amazing and how impactful it could be on role body and how, you know, having the creative control to do what you want. You know, watching Arlo and Brooke just be able to just, you know, manifest these things that they thought about the night before and just do it and make it so dope. We wanted to be able to do that, too. Um, And uh, we started talking about it and um, we started saving money from contest winnings and stuff like that. So we had some money in the bank and we were able to actually do that. And uh, thinking about the name and everything like that, we're trying to figure it out. Me and Randy and then Josh, too. And we're just talking back and forth what we want to call. And Josh just came up with the name Second Regime because that was definitely like a departure from Senate. It was kind of a big deal at the time. We've of us all leaving you know I, I think, yeah i think after we left senate they had like had like a major rehaul um of their team and, and what was going on there but um Absolutely. starting second regime was, was definitely very interesting um i remember angie walton helped us out a lot too with that because um i think she saw like it was good for the sport you know to start expanding making more companies especially skater owned ones uh-huh. um, so she helped us out a lot and then um i remember josh also signed out like a six magazine advertisement deal right when we started second regime that basically put us like in the hole big time so second regime almost <laughs> didn't happen because of this but we ended up meeting scott walker which was our second regime business partner from big dan in, uh big dan distribution out here and he's the one that distributed usds in um, england and fifty-fifty. um so like he had his whole situation set up and um, interesting how we ended up linking up with him because we were going like to that warehouse to skate sometimes and realm was from there too and um it was awesome that he stepped up and that wanted to help us out. And in the beginning, I looked at it like, you know, maybe this guy just wants to like take the money from this thing and like, I not not really care about it. I looked at him more like an authority figure than anything like helpful at the point, unnecessary thing. But the more I learned about Scott Walker, the more appreciative I came with this person because he actually, you know, wanted to help, loved role um, had an MBA, you know, and knew what he was doing and we did not know anything. You know, we just knew we wanted to make wheels and cool t-shirts, you know, and um, I wanted to make that one ad for Dominic really bad. The, the F your pros are, are better. <laughs> I was just like yeah. so on good. that ad. I was so about that. Ad. Um, Talk but, uh, about good marketing, these, uh, man. Yeah, we just had a – we had little ideas for things, you know, there, and um, they fueled a lot of the fire to get get the job done. But um, Scott Walker ended up being a, a great business mentor, and taught uh, all three of us a lot about, you know, business and in life and um you know and I, I would say that's where the usd stuff started too there um yeah this is, there's so many stories you know throughout this whole time that that we could talk for days about and so many influences and people that helped along the way um rarely have i ever came across someone in the role winning that wanted to not help or wasn't you know vibing to go in that direction of, of skating together and helping other people skate together showing it on a screen you know one way or another, and, um, that's what I've always loved about world wedding too, and the brotherhood and um, the camaraderie that that fuels us all because we do the same thing, but also that we want the sport in general to do well. And that's something we all share, you know, and uh, I view my, my journey, a big, a big over overview of that concept right there. It's, it's all on a path going in one direction with everyone's help. And uh, yeah, that hasn't
0: changed still to this day. I don't uh, think it has changed at all we're all here supporting each that. other still
3: yeah
0: right so a- after the second regime thing i mean you wrote for usd but then you started deshi which was you in
1: helicopters you guys are yeah, heli- taking helicopters, <laughs> <laughs> helicopters
0: film skate videos you know making your own boots and stuff like that uh, uh randy talked about it a little bit when we had him on the show um i would like to know what you have to say about it as well from the idea because i think he said the idea generally came from you and then you kind of brought him on board from what i remember him saying uh but like what was that all about like what made you want to start a skate company of your own where did the concepts come from with the design of the skate because it was really unique at the time to have a soft boot mm. did that come from your k2 background Definitely,
3: definitely. Um, good call there, Austin. Yeah, definitely came from my K2 background. And um, me not getting the pro skate there, always wanted to do something like that. Because I've always loved K2s. Um, I really feel like early in my skating career, um, I got a pair of fatties. And like, I was like, all right, and I could do some things. But when I got this pair of fatties, I, all of a sudden I could literally start doing like rails and other things in a different way. I felt much more comfortable on them. And I really feel like they they elevated my level of skating um, tremendously in the early in the early times, um, but yeah, the Deshi thing came about um, from you know the idea that soft boots. Um, I like soft boots a lot. Um, they're unique. Um, also, you know, with fashion and streetwear and and footwear, you know, I wanted they were called Deshi kicks because I wanted them to be like shoes like kicks, you know. Um, but the idea came, I've already been skating for USD for a little while. They gave me a pro skate, which I was super happy about. Um, love my pro skate. Um, and uh, everything was fine at USD. Um, the owner of Matthias was named Matthias Noel from, from Germany. And um, I didn't know Matthias very well when I first started skating for USD because I, I was working with Scott Walker and he was the United States distributor. And um, I knew USD through that, but I didn't really know the, the actual origins of USD. Um, and they knew that too. And we wanted to connect, you know, and work. Cause I remember at the time I really, I mean, I, I got a pro skate and I wanted to get my second regime wheel to be on it. And um, we didn't know much about how the whole business worked very much at the time too. So we we're learning these things day by day. And I know we wanted an OEM order. We kept saying, oh, you need to get an OEM order. An OEM order is, you know, basically getting the, my, the, a certain amount of my pro wheels on my pro skate guaranteed. So before they're even made, we already have the money to make them. And that was apparently the way to go you know, see, in the Will Company game. So um, when doing that, I had to work with with, um, with Germany, you know, Matthias and Mark Corte at the time. And um, Josh already knew him very well, you know, and so did Randy a little bit too. And, um, you know, meeting them was awesome. And uh, I remember I got flown out to Germany to meet them. And um, I love skating in Germany too. Um, I went with Senate a long time ago, early in my career to Germany for a tour with them. It was called the Kill Tour. And um, I had never traveled outside the country before that. And I went there. Uh, that was the first place we went to was Germany. And um, learning the whole culture and everything and seeing how many bases were out there and how different uh, bidding was viewed in, in the European eye than it was you know, in the, in the United States um, really made me feel a lot more hopeful for bidding. And though it was kind of blowing up over here. It was like a thing in, in Europe, you know, a huge thing. It still is. Um, but the, the European perspective was, was big for me. Um, so when, when going over there and meeting them, you know, we started vibing a little bit and talking and, uh, Matisse would always talk to me about, you know, things that are going to come out and, uh, you know, he would definitely explain the business behind it too, um, which I always love to hear. And, um, uh, Matisse just made it seem like, you know, if it's going to work and you think people are going to like it, then we should probably do it. And, uh, putting that mentality in my head early on at USD, um, was definitely instrumental in, in, in how I thought about, thought about Deshi because at this point I was done of, I was tired of like switching skate companies too. Like I'm not really like that. I'm not, I'm pretty loyal person. And it's, it's not really like me to like be jumping around. Like that. I never wanted to do that. Probably would have skated for a my whole career. If, if um, things worked out the way I wanted to, or K2, same thing. Um, but as things progress and um, you know, things change a little bit. So him making it seem like things are possible. And if, if I thought it was going to be cool, um probably can make it so i was starting to think maybe we can make a roll blade company you know um he's got all the means he owns a roll company he already has contacts in china he knows how to get these wheels or these these boots made poured you know and um you know it's always a big thing when you make a roll blade you know that the costs are going to be tremendous because of the molds you know these big metal molds they have to make to cast these plastic shells and uh, also that was in my my thinking about that too is that um you know, it's going to cost a lot of money, so how can I get, a, get around that? You know, by making a soft boot, definitely it was a start. Instead of making the full hard boot skate, the, the molds would have cost a crazy amount of money. You know, off the bat, might not even be able to get it approved. So I started thinking in those terms. And um, it was the second time I went to Germany on, to meet with um, Mark Horté and, and um, Matthias Noel out there to talk about, you know, maybe another release of my skate and just see what's going on with all the um, stuff with Second Regime over there on their skates, you know, in Europe too. And um, to do some demos and skate at some skate parks out there. And on the way there, um, I remember thinking, like, I, I'm not good at, like, sitting on a plane for, like, 20 hours and just, like, kind of having anything to do. I always had to have my brain stimulated in some shape or form. So I had a Game Boy or, or, or yeah, some type Game of handheld gaming device or music or something <laughs> like that. But this time I got on this plane, I was going to get on this plane. I was like, hey, dude, what can I do on this plane that, like, would help better myself? or help me go in toward my goals, you know? And like, I've always kind of wanted to go to school, but I didn't go to school because I was role-building. And, um, but I always knew that I liked to learn. And, and I was like, you know I'm gonna learn how to write a business plan on this plane ride right now. Um, so I, I went to the Barnes and Nobles before this this um, this um flight and I bought a business plan for dummies, straight up. And then I bought another business plan book. And, um, and then buying, I bought some other like looked incredible business you know book that had all these strategies in it never read it but i definitely read business plan for dummies and that's part of the other business plan. and on this plane i actually wrote the business plan for deshi um after reading this book at the time and um when i got there i went to like the closest place like the like the kinko's in, in europe and um put it all together in a binder and stuff like that so when i went to meet Matthias on the second trip to Germany. He thought we were just gonna go there and talk about normal stuff, but I had a full plan in my head already. Like I was like, I'm gonna pitch in this thing, dude, and see what happens. And uh, I had my booklet, my my Deshi business plan ready to go, marketing plan. Um, and uh, I go to this meeting with Matias, and I, I bust this thing out, and he's like, "Whoa!" You know, I already had design for it too. I already drew up a design for the Deshi skate, and like, you know, a couple different colorways. And um, he loved it, man. He loved it. And I wasn't expecting him to be like, wow, you know, like really, really all about it. Like he was. And literally like after that meeting, I remember me and Randy were in China two weeks later on the production line, you know, consulting with them about how we want stuff and how we're going to actually make the skate. And um, it went from that to China production really quick, really quick. And uh, me and Randy had been involved with designing product before, but never to this level, you know. And I remember going to China, like we went to the factory and Matias had already been working with them for like already like 20 plus years at this time. So like they knew him well, we get there and like, we're just going to introduce these people and like they're treating Matthias like royalty there. And um, it's uh, Shenzhen in China. And uh, usually, I guess, like they they say at the factory, um, people come and work on the stuff, but they put us up in this amazing hotel, like uh, just like 20 minutes outside the factory town. Um, this hotel was incredible. Um, but every day we went to go work on, on the skate there in China and they gave us this humongous round table, like enough for like, I would say 20 people, like it was huge. And at the time, like internet wasn't really like popping off in the workplace. So you had to like figure it out, you know, but they had like the ethernet cord, like linked into the desks of every seat. I remember just being amazed at that. Cause like, that wasn't even, you know, pop, that wasn't even happening in America. <laughs> you know, we're still thinking up to routers, you know, on our own. And, uh, we got to work on that Deshi skate there and, um, yeah, that was an interesting trip in China. Yeah. The result was, was Deshi. Well,
0: what, what was, um, like, well, first of all, what did Deshi mean again? You said Deshi kicks, What is that Yeah, mean? Deshi means disciple in Japanese.
3: Like if, you know, you're studying to be something in, in, you know, in Japan, like say, you are a dojo, you want to be a karate master or whatever. Like an apprentice kind of? Yeah. Oh,
0: nice. Okay, I never knew that. And Deshi, so I always felt like our feet are,
3: are our disciples. You know, always yeah,
0: trying to teach
3: different cool. things.
0: That's cool. I never knew that. Um, so. what what was the uh that's like? Cool. What was the the like model behind Deshi? Like you were gonna make this company. You wanted the soft boot kind of look and style like that. Were you trying to like? Because I know nowadays when people start skate companies, most of us are like, or most people are trying to benefit the skaters, you know, like longevity with skaters now with like royalties and stuff like that. I know it was different back then, but like, did you want to change anything in the industry when you were creating Deshi, you just wanted like a stylish looking skate, like, were you trying to just put together this incredible team? Also, and you did it all kind
3: of, but like, yeah,
1: what was the goal? What what, what, what yeah. was like the ultimate I mean, the goal was
3: to, to add an, a new addition to, um, the role budding industry in the form of a skate. I mean, it's always been controlled by these big companies. And I've always felt like, you know, it felt a little out of reach for everyone else. And uh, I wanted to, first off, show that it's not out of reach, that anything's possible. And that something that, that we can come from a, a skater-owned skater-mind perspective as opposed to being made, you know, by the people that think they know what they want or players want, you know. And, and at this point, in the beginning, a lot of this was in consideration of making it, you know, better for the longevity, you know, but we also wanted this boot to be, you know, at a price point that was a lot cheaper than things. And that's, that's why the idea was behind boot only. because you know, once you get the frames involved in the wheels, it's expensive, you know, and me, even having a wheel company at the time, you know, probably wasn't smart to make a boot only company. But um, that was the goal is to make a cheap price point, boot only company that you can choose your frame and wheel and customize it yourself, you know? And um, each pro skate, I wanted, you know, I wanted us to be able to have like two to three different colorways, each one. So it was like a selection of colorways, you know, at the skate shop, and um, making it soft boot. It gave us the the advantage of being able to, to create them more look looking like uh, like shoes, as opposed to being so uh, rigid and, and plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the goal: is to make a, a great addition to the winning uh, community and the industry by providing a a different an alternative selection behind the, the hard boot. Um and also show that, that these things are possible, you know, and we can make companies enroll, you in yep.
1: all of them. And, and yeah, and they could look good. And I feel like that the way they looked, like sneaker like was very big on it. And you know, like I feel like taking off where you left off with second regime having like such like a powerful M team, uh, the two editions, your first two editions onto onto Deshi was was massive. I remember seeing the first Deshi video when you guys went to Europe and Ian so McLeod good. and Chris Farmer. And uh, Chris was skating, like, the MOOC frames at the time. And and he was just, like, some of the tricks that he was doing at that time were just, like, insanely revolutionary. So, like, what, what were, like, some of those trips like? And also, like, can can we get into, like, the helicopter ride on, like, Catalina Island? That was, like, yeah. that, that was cool, yeah. man. Like, that, <laughs> that stuff is really yeah, cool.
3: um, You know, the helicopter ride looks a little more extravagant than it actually was. Um, they have helicopter rides to Catalina, like, every day. They're, like, 150 bucks a person so it looked like you know we got this big old helicopter thing but it's funny is that we got the helicopter there and we're supposed to get the ride back but like they weren't there so we had to take the ferry back um after that trip but um the whole idea (laughs) with uh, the team was yeah i mean who's i mean ian mcleod we just put him on second regime too and we just i've been seeing ian since he was a kid too like we'd be skating a spot you know all of us and then his mom would pull up and then him and his brother would hop out and just commence to crushing the skate spot you know I'd be pretty quiet about it, you know, and I always respect the kind of more quieter types, not the sort of braggadocious style, you know, Um, And then Chris Farmer was just like that new, new that was so far ahead of what was going on that it was impossible not to recognize. And uh, Randy was really big on, on, on that too. And because of Randy's appreciation for Chris Farmer's skating, I like looked into it deeper and found my own appreciation for it. Um, and uh, Ian McLeod was like a no brainer for me. You can do any trick possible but you know so can chris farmer and also like the idea is that we're going to be touring a lot and me and randy we felt like we're getting old this time even though know, we weren't you know but uh you're like you know we need some couple young bucks in here to like help us at these you know these tour stops you know mm-hmm. to, to, to work you know help us keep going because at this point skating every day at, at spots was getting you know, a little difficult we're getting sore and you know pushing the limit on it getting hurt sometimes makes it hard to, to keep on going but these guys were Young and strong, and on the cutting edge of whatever trick technology was out there, they were all about it. And I loved watching them skate, dude. I remember like just watching Chris. I remember we went to the spot on um, one of the second, I think it was first or second stops on the Deshi tour um, in, in Europe. Um, and we go to skate this down rail, right? And me and Randy are like, oh, it's cool, it's the down rail. And um, we get a couple of tricks in, and Chris is taking a little while to put his skates on. He puts his skates on, comes up. And then uh, Randy made a joke like, you won't freaking. 360 sold that reel real quick and literally Chris Farmer rolled up to the rail. 360 sold at first try without even warming up or anything and it was like a hard ass reel to do that on and, yeah. and like he just did that and the, all the kids were there were just like damn and I was like damn like my jaw dropped and he just yeah. had it like that you know and um I used to always like watching that uh, Chris's battles with, with uh tricks on rails or are on anything it just gets so into it you know
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you had those guys like so early on. So it was just like really, really cool to see everything with that. And like I said, like the impact in like the Europe videos with, with all you guys and just the vibes and everything with that. Um, I mean, I guess, like you said, we can go on like with dash and a lot of these companies and, and and these stories forever. But, um, I remember when I was meeting you in like Esco, you were kind of like starting to be on your way, like away from all these things. And, You were hanging out like we were playing like video. Hold I'm sorry.
0: We have all of our animals interrupting. My cat was walking in front of the screen right there. Billy's dogs
1: are barking. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) What I was going to say was, um, sorry the dog's distracting me, was just, yeah. (laughs) I forgot
0: it. Lost
1: train of thought. I, I, I have a friend helping me really quick. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so we could talk about dashi all day, but when I met you, it was in the Esco house, mm-hmm. and in the Esco house, you were um, kind of starting to get like toward like the end of being a part on like that back end of rollerblading, like stop, like stopping, like doing dashi and kind of fading away from all that. So w- was there a point when you were like, okay, like I got to start moving away from rollerblading toward other things, like around that point, or or what? Yeah, I mean, toward the end of
3: the dashi thing. Uh...
1: I don't know, you know,
3: we we could have, I mean, I myself can have everything that I want and um, living my dream and still find a way to think that I need something else, you know? And in hindsight, I really wish that I was a little more appreciative of everything that I had and and, um, really, really woke up every day a little more grateful for the opportunities that I had. You know, at this point, I've been doing it for a while, started to take it for granted a little bit and, um, you know, that mentality definitely drove me away from something that I loved the most. You know, I thought I had to, to uh, quote unquote, grow up, you know, and get a job and do these things that everyone else is doing in society um, to be, you know, a legit person or something like that, you know, because all I knew was role winning since I was you know, 15 or 16 years old. I got sponsored and I never even had a real job. Um, you know, role winning was, was I guess, my job. And, um, I felt like I was in like a rush to do these grown-up things that I thought, um, that were important to me and, um, good things came from it, you know, you know, also it drove me away from, from though at the same time. And, uh, you know, I just wish that I was a little more, more, um, grateful for the opportunities that I had. It took me a lot, a lot to, um, to realize, you know, what's the most important things in my life. And, um, it all pretty much started at that point you know where i thought i had to you know, move away from this this industry and this community that I, i've loved so much to do things that i thought were what a man is supposed to do at this time and um you know, i got a job i became a real estate agent i definitely wanted to help my family i know that um you know in this time i definitely you know bought a house a couple of houses um started doing real estate a lot my mom my mom has always been a, a loan processor Even when i was a kid i used to watch her do that and i always in my back of my mind, I knew that I would do this someday. Um, so I was in a rush to do that. You know, I was in a rush to go get a job, like a real job, you know, and to prove myself or something like that. And, um, you know, I learned a lot. Um, I excelled in that area as well and to put my mind to it. I mean, anything you focus on, you put your mind to, you're committed to, you're going to do. And um, I was committed in that area. Um, and the more committed I got to this area in my life, the less committed I got to role-building. And role-building became a... A side factor, um, you know, in my life. And at this point in my life, I'd never had um, the opportunity to make world role um, a side thing. It was always number one, everything. And um, right. I guess I took for granted a little bit. and I got a little too comfortable with the thing. I can do both, but you know, it's hard to do be the best at something or be as good as you want to be at something if you're only putting half of yourself into it. And um, that's definitely what's happening. I was half in, half out. You know, and then I started seeing money as a more of a, a driving factor than my happiness was. And um, you know, some people say that you can buy happiness, but uh, nothing that is fulfilling for me and in my life now costs money. Um, so I went that that direction. Um, maybe I, you know, it's my path that I had to learn. You know, things differently like that. You know, and um, on that in that aspect, when I went when that direction, you know, I was really eager and hungry. And I think I was more driven by, by money and greed than I was about, you know, falling my heart. And, um, you know, I think that all of us kind of go through these times in our life, you know, where things come in there and they blur the line of what is important to you. And you start thinking these things are important that are, you know, superficial or temporary. And um, that's what happened to me. And it kind of took me, took me away um, from, from the sport. And, um, you know, a couple other things happened to me too, at the same time where I was like, Okay with letting go of something that I love so much because I thought it was a progression in my life, um, but it was, a, it was a degression, it was, it was a regression. Um, and uh, put a lot of effort in these things too. And at the time I got hit by a car also. Um, I remember I hit by a car because helping someone um, get gas on, on the side of the road off of the Freer ramp in San Diego. And I came there and like there was on the side and I got gas to put in the tank for him and I went to. Um, put gas in their tank on the, on the exit of the freeway in San Diego. And um, they were in the emergency lane um, way off to the side. And uh, I'm on the other side of it, like in the dirt on the side of the road, uh, putting this gas in the car. And then I literally next second, I, I open my eyes. I'm, I'm peeling my face off of like pavement and I'm like looking up like what just happened to me. And I look up and I see a car kind of like not 20 feet in the distance with brake lights going off and on, off and on. Like they wanted to just bounce. And i woke up and i'm like i can't realize i'm like i think i just got hit by that car but how the hell could i have gotten hit by this car when I'm in the dirt and now i'm in the fucking street over here i don't know how the hell they even managed to make that happen but it did however it may be um so i get up and i think this person's gonna run so I, like, i'm gonna drive away so i run and get in the car and it's this lady and like she's like i'm speaking english and all this stuff i'm like yeah you do you just hit me with your car and she's trying to deny it and then she's like all right yeah i hit you in my car and i'm like trying to find out what happened to me at this time and, you know she's not really being very forthcoming with any information um so i just called the cops you know and uh got that worked out so at this point i had to go into some um physical rehabilitation and um growing up in my my family um i never even knew about you know um pain medications and like how they affect you like i honestly like my family like we don't even take we don't even like to take medications like any type of pills or anything like that so i, I literally was so naive at this point when like I had started this rehabilitation, like I prescribed some, you know, pharmaceutical grade um, payments, and I didn't even know they were addictive at this time, and then not to say that um, I didn't like them after I did take them, because I definitely did, I was like, whoa, you know, that, that's different, um, this, I almost felt like at the time, like, oh, okay, like, this is how it is, it's okay for me to be taking these things, and I didn't know, I wasn't educated to the fact that, like, they're, I mean, I should know that too much of anything that I think is good is going to be bad eventually. But, um, you know, I definitely let that happen. I let myself start making excuses that my injury was um, the reason that I need to take this and the reason I'm not doing the other things in my life. And I'm just gonna go with um, my life as it's going right now. You know, it's kind of like letting myself sit in a state where I was um, settling to be unhappy, but um, clinging onto the one thing that made it seem okay. And that was at the time it became this pain medication. So um, definitely um, my life merged big time at this point in my life you know um it went from me you know wanting to you know roll laid and see the new videos and see what everyone's doing to me not really even thinking about that anymore and only really caring about if my, my prescriptions filled or not and um i was overwhelmed by the situation it came in and it hit me like like you know like a, a wave of um like a tornado came in, in, and picked me up and took me in a, in a direction that i had no choice um in, in the matter but i was okay with it anyway and um it was okay for me to sulk in my situation make excuses for myself to be able to continue taking this medication because uh, i thought that's what was making me okay and happy but um no that this definitely wasn't it you know it took a lot for me to to shake that that situation you know a lot a lot of um disaster and heart heartbreak during this period of my life you know and i would say i was about 32 33 years old this time i'm 41 now so i'd say the past like eight eight and a half to you know 10 years maybe have been you know me in a battle for like
1: my life um excuse me dude yeah no take a take a minute dude like honestly and like thanks for Opening up like this, I know you're talking about some real-to-life stuff, man, and it's, it's. I know a lot of people that are listening can relate, if not personally, but people who they know, or brothers and sisters, friends, like um, these people going through these kind of things. So, uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. You don't feel free to stop whenever you want because, like, we're just happy to have you on and talk to you. But um, yeah. I think you're saying some some real. Real true to life stuff right now, and well, yeah. I mean,
3: it's been been a long road. Um, I kind of dabbled back in role but my heart wasn't in it. You know, it's because my uh, my priorities weren't really in line. My heart was malaligned um, spiritually, mentally. I wasn't, you know, in it. Um, and it just took a lot of a lot of time, a lot of disaster, a lot of tragedy, um, a lot of education. Um, but one thing that uh, I've always had is I've had amazing friends, um, an amazing family. And uh, throughout this whole time, my friends have always been there looking for me and asking me what's going on, you know? And I mean, I will say Spiser, Spicer, um, Robert Villavanoz, especially, um, John Julio, um, my parents, my brother, my sister, um, have always worried about me, you know? And I used to think, well, oh, don't worry about me, I got this, you know, but you know what? I didn't have it, you know. I used to think that I I knew what was best for me um, because I had done all these things and I was a pro skater. um, I I bought a house, um, I had a company and all these things that I thought made me who I was um, and made me know that, maybe think that I knew what was best for me. But um, everything that I've done in my life, thinking I know what's best for me only really led me down to a path of demise. And um, once I was able to understand that i don't know what's best for me um was i able to actually you know come around on the other side because i tried a couple times you know and i wasn't strong enough i didn't have any coping skills i didn't know that mental fitness or mental health was actually really a a thing um because i wasn't educated about it i didn't know you know i didn't know and um i just like to think back on those times and think um I'm glad I'm I'm lucky. I'm I'm so happy I'm here. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm humbled. And um, I feel like that my skating career before was started pure and then it moved to an area where it wasn't really about um, my happiness. And it was more about what can I do to make money and what would look cool and all these uh, egotistic factors um, along with greed. And um, it's a bad combination, you know, when you're doing something that. It's so pure and uh, and it took me, it took me a lot. I got far away from it, but um, I I always wanted to come back and I didn't think I was going to actually be able to. And um, I actually got to a place where, you know, my father, um, I used to be gone for a long time and uh, he wouldn't know where I was. And I actually would get to points where I didn't want him to know where I was, you know, because I didn't want to associate with the people that were good in my life because I knew I was doing something bad. You know and um my, my father would always be able to find me no matter where i was um i'd be like in my worst state somewhere and like my dad would just pull up and i would just be amazed you know um, and i get in the car and i'm like dad how you find me how did you find me? he's like son i just prayed and he fought he'd find me and like i was almost didn't believe it in the beginning I'm like who told you you know? Like, no i just prayed and he he found me like this like three to four different times and um i always had the best intentions to becoming a better person but i don't think i really knew how and what it took and at at that point i don't think i had it in me to put the effort in i was happy being that way for some reason you know even though it was the opposite of of what i wanted to be and what i was doing i could not stop myself from doing and um that's why i say i'm really lucky to be here it took a a lot of love a lot of people a lot of support to get me here and um you know before i got myself um better and got went to the, a place that actually helped me i went to them goods um probably in the worst state i've ever been in and um, it was kind of like me saying i'm done with this life dude i'm so over it um what going back to something i know i love i know that's good i know that's pure i know that um it's based on on positive things and um john julio was, was there man so it was jason reyna and um I just went by and i just like said hey what's up i'm, I'm here and i them looking at me like damn dude you're looking not looking so good right now dude and i remember thinking i know, babe, I know. and i was like me snitching on myself kind of you know so i was done dude wow. i was so done with this life um and i told him that i was gonna go um the next day to to get myself better. I was going to go to rehab. And uh, he said, all right, dude, do, do your thing. I'll be here to support you. And uh, if you need anything, let me know. And um, I needed that, dude, a lot. I needed a lot. Um, so the next day I did go into this place actually in Santa Ana here, um, where I'm at now. And I was there for um, a good three, three months, um, learning all things that it took for me to learn about my life and who I am and um, why I made these decisions and why I was okay with them being the way they were. And um, it really brought me back from a place that um, was only dark. It was only dark and I was okay with it being that way too. I didn't think that there was a possibility to change and I almost didn't want to. But it took took um, a good couple of weeks for me to even get that fog out of my head um, to realize that I was on a complete opposite path of the things that I love in this world and the things that I want, you know? Um, so I put my, I, I put my time and effort into this. I'm like, this is the new thing. And also, you know, I have, I have a son during this time and um, you know, he was a big, big factor too, you know, big factor in this, um, you know, I had, I had to really look inside myself and see, you know, what is it that you love in this world? Like, what is it, you know, and, and it took a lot of perspective, um, a change of perspective to, to get me to put the, the work in and the effort in to be able to come out on this side um, and it save my life. Honestly, it did. So um, I'm really grateful. And so today, uh, now when I roll it, it's um, it's definitely uh, not for me. Um, I'm just grateful and happy that I'm here and I want to um, inspire people.
1: Luke, um, I just got Well, I don't mean to interrupt. I just got to say, bro, first of all, like, thank you for like being such an open person with this experience and like being able to articulate it so well, like you're such a smart guy and got a bunch of people watching the chat, but I know a bunch of people that aren't even watching. Everyone just wants to express to you like how much they love you. They appreciate you like and you have so many people here that in, in skating, and I know, you know, already, cause you got, you got Randy, you got, you got Robert, you got John, like you said, and we're going to bring Randy on in a bit so we can talk about some of that. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. uh, you got so many people that love you that appreciate you. You're like you being open about what you're being open about right now. Uh, like I said, I know there's so many people that could relate, man. And like, it was that, your words are like hitting so hard because it's so like honest and deep and you know, my heart goes out to you and, and, and dude I love you, man. And I'm just hoping the best for you. And, um, it's so good to see that you, I, like you said, snitched on yourself and got yourself on this, on this path. And I could tell like, you're on this, like just the, the gratitude, the path of gratitude where you're just grateful about like everything ahead. And you can just see it through like your skating experience. Um, do you want to talk about how like some of these your friends helped like get you back in in the mix and get you back involved? I mean, yeah,
3: definitely. It's been amazing uh, coming back in role blending, you know, and realizing that what I used to role play for. I mean, where it started and then when it got to, and then you know now that I'm doing it again, like it's like so rejuvenating and, and um, refreshing to to do this. I'm so happy on Will's, you know. And um, honestly, after, like, I told, you know, John was going on, you know, my Robert already had known Robert had been talking with my mother for like the past probably year of me, you know, running amok, you know, Randy always knew. Um, And it's tough because in that time, like I would sometimes reach out, you know, and like, you know, you can't enable a person, you know, and and the fact that they knew that um, and did not enable me made me upset at the time, but now I'm so grateful that they love me that much you know that uh they did that and um you know so do a lot of people in my life you know and during this time my robert's been talking to my mom he actually like researched you know what recovery is about how uh, how it works and like right when i made the call i'm like hey dude i've been here i have been doing my thing i feel good i feel better and he's like hey man all right glad you finally called me this is what i've been doing and he's been like researching you know what it takes you know what would help me he like on a daily basis sends me like motivational stuff um things that make you a better person more fulfilled you know reminders to stay humble to stay stay grateful you know to remain teachable you know and things like that you know and be grateful for every breath um and you know on on a daily basis i'm telling you he sends me so much stuff he literally told me he wanted to change my my instagram algorithm that's how much stuff he sends me um and it's working so uh, thank you um you know, Randy was always been here waiting for me too, and you know, my parents, you know, and, and um, you know, John Julio sent me a pair of skates. He, sent, he gave them to my mom, like, um, I don't know, days after I saw him. And, uh, you know, that pair of skates, when I got them, was like, it meant so much, meant so much. Like, I just wanted to roll around, and uh, I couldn't in the beginning. And then I made a deal with the place, and as long as I did my stuff, you know, and I'm being a good, good guy my heart's in the right place, you know, they'll, they'll let me skate for one time a day. So like, I don't know, um, since like three weeks ago, I was only able to skate one hour a day. So like um, when I first made the post um, that everyone starts somewhere, um, literally that was like my second time on those rollerblades. And uh, I was at uh, lunchtime. I got to go to this park for one hour and um, I, I learned how to roll again on a curb. And then um, we got to go on outings and that would be at the park because like it was on a lot of COVID lockdown so we can only go to this park around the corner. So between um, my lunch times and then the two outings I had a week, I'd have an hour a day during lunch and then the outings I'll have another hour. So at this park, I just went in on this curb, you know, i was just skating this curb like it was like the best skate object in the world and happy about it too, you know. And um, I learned that uh, my body definitely needed to recover from everything I've been doing, you know my heart was there, my mind's going there, but my body too, you know, so it's, it's my body and physical and um, getting myself back into shape. I realized how out of shape I was, you know, and like it was, it was tough, man. I couldn't even hold myself up on a couple of them grinds when I first started. And I remember I could only skate literally if I was grinding for like an hour and I was done. So that hour was kind of a blessing. Um, but I, I've gotten, you know, a little stronger over the, you know, past weeks and months uh, doing this thing, you know, it just feels, really good to be able to do it and have the support of everyone, um, to do it, you know, and, uh, it's, it's incredible man. Um, role budding is definitely my heart and, uh, can't wait to teach my son, you know, how to do it.
1: Um, that's so cool, yeah. man. You, you, you got, a, you got a place in this community for forever, as I'm sure you already know by what your friends have, have shown, but definitely. I just wanted to, I just wanted to re-articulate that yeah um, i've been missing
3: all of you guys man i miss the the support and the camaraderie and the community man so uh so uh i'm fulfilling man you know everyone's about that positive you know progression yeah. you know? after and, um, shout out to all the guys that are, are skating with me again you know they started again or, or that are in the process of skating again you know we're doing this together you know and um it's my pleasure to talk with you guys and and um see what you guys are doing too and, and um it inspires me a lot dude. Um, all of you guys inspire me like every single rollerblader that puts on rollerblades that day or that week inspires me um and i find my inspirations you know simple these days you know and, and i'm just uh, really appreciative of it um definitely getting some of the old familiar feelings back on these rollerblades it took a while dude it took a while uh, I, in the beginning that yeah. i was going down so hard dude. i was like taking it for the team like I would go simply simply just do a soul rhyme or something like that on, on the curb and I would just like stick or something like that and just go flying and for some reason I feel like I have to go fast on all, all these things all the time and like definitely there's pain for it uh, I've went down a bunch of times dude and um, just lately I've been skating and I've been able to catch myself before I fully just slam and um, yeah it helps me you know my reflexes are getting better and um, my muscles are getting stronger because so I can actually support myself on the skates now it's
1: it's cool to see the progression that's that's happened already like you've had the instagram for such a short time already yeah um but just seeing all the progression happen and getting like so comfortable is uh it's really cool to see Um, um in a little bit not right now, but in a little bit. I see you're having a problem with your light. Yeah, you got Randy um, the in here people to fix that. people who are listening <laughs> with just the audio, they're not going to be able to hear. But in a little bit, we're going to bring it up for questions. But before yeah. we bring it up for questions, and we always prioritize our Super Chats, please don't forget, half of our Super Chats go to our guest, um, directly to our guest. So um, we're going to get into that in a bit. But before we do that, I have a few more questions. I just want to say shout out to our sponsor, Blank and also if you're watching us live if you're watching regular just hit the like button share subscribe all of that stuff please you heard me say it a thousand times that's <laughs> billy, a thousand and one
0: billy can but- i say one thing before you say, ask your question i just want to have a, one thing i wanted to say along the lines of this because louie's making a great point right now and we're seeing it happen right in front of our eyes Louis, I, I don't know if you can see the live chat right now but billy mentioned it before the live chat was blowing up with love and support I encourage you to check that out after we're done with the show cuz everyone loves you man and it's uh if after 122 episodes if there's one thing that has been constant throughout the entire time it's how much everybody says that the best thing they got from rollerblading was the friendships and the bonds and the brother and sisterhood that they got from everybody and this is like a the best example I think of it so far so like I'm really glad you're saying this stuff too because it just shows the community that we have here and the love and support that we have for each other. So if anybody feels a certain way, it's easy to reach out and get support from everybody out there, yeah. you know, no matter what it is, if it's friends, even if you don't know people, I'm sure you don't know most of the people in the chat right now, but everyone's here loving and supporting you. So I just wanted to say that, that, um, this trend is following from 122 episodes. Nothing has changed.
3: It's just everybody showing love. Uh, that's awesome. And, you know, I just want to let you guys know, I, uh, the love. Going back to you guys, all of you guys, man. The amount of messages I've received has been incredible, um, and I try to, to answer all of them. Honestly, um, I follow a lot of you guys back to Like, um, and also, if anybody ever um, is in a situation that I was in, dude, like, you know, say something, say something to someone. People love you, dude. People love you. It took me a lot to realize that how much people actually love me. If people say it, you know, and you're like, okay, yeah, but you know, think about it. Let it sink in, dude. Let it sink in, you know. And um, that's what it took me to do, you know. And if anybody ever needs any um, guidance or has any questions about the stuff, dude, um, I'm—I can say that I, I can be here as many of you guys as is possible, dude. You know, I'm definitely willing to help anybody that's in a tough situation, or even if you're not, you need to maintain, dude. I'm here, you know. So thank you for having my back. It's my job to have yours now, man. And, uh, I'm just doing this literally to inspire people. Um, now,
1: um, happy to be here. Lucky you guys have, have me. That's a fact. Um, yeah, for real. Anyone going through it, you know, yep. always, you always reach it. out. Always reach out no matter how dark it seems because you don't, you don't know. I mean, you, you don't, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised to see who, who would be there um, through that. So, um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think a lot of us can relate to these kind of situations, like whether it's personally or through a friend or through a family member. Damn. But um, definitely talk to someone if, if, some, if something's going on like yes. that. Shit, reach out to me. You know what I mean? Hit me up. DM me. <laughs> but um, yeah, what I wanted to get into uh, a little bit more was, I know we have one of your closest friends. We've talked about him many times on this episode. We've talked about <laughs> Second Regime. We've talked about Senate. We've talked about Deshi. We've talked about getting you back involved into studio. Um, and he's currently, I know you guys have been uh, video video game geeks for a long time <laughs> as long as long as i've known you and it's good to see that that hasn't changed um and and you guys still could enjoy time spending spending time with one of one another not only skating but playing video games so yeah. um randy Sponsor, do you have him handy
3: yeah he's handy he's right here. He's true friend and a brother right here
1: <laughs> Yo,
3: <we're good. laughs> you guys I both- feel like
1: we should keep we should keep the big screen on both of them while, while yeah. we're on and We can just do our voices. Absolutely. Did you guys uh, so we both get it? haircuts today? Yeah. Haircut oh. day today. Yeah, we
2: actually like, <laughs> had a little um, you know, a little bro date today and got our, our hair day together. Like, he's like, yeah, I got to get my hair. I got to look good. I got to look proper for this. You know, I didn't say that. <laughs> That's what you were thinking. You know, you're like, oh, but I'm glad day. it's done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Randy, well, hold on, it. can
1: you guys both turn to the look to the right for a second? Like both look to the right. All <laughs> right. <or> your right? <laughs> no, you, the other right. Yeah, yeah, my right. The left. Left. You guys Is got like looked... the same, the way, the way Louis's looking. The way Louis looking. <laughs> other way. way. No, the <laughs> other <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like you got the matching go. fade right, 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 right there. Right, there. Right, <laughs> dude, the gray right there too. It's perfect. It was pretty <laughs>
2: funny because our hair was actually just similar. Like we did not even like, it wasn't even a plan. But he, he's got the cloth. He's got the extra right now. Yeah.
0: Rico Suave.
1: Yeah, I've never seen Lou, Louie with hair this long. It's, it looks good. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm um, going long. Again. You see
2: my comments on his videos. I was, I was kind of talking a little bit of mess about his clock, you know, earlier. Yeah.
1: Bro, he's got to bust I mean, each other's chops. If they if it wasn't, well, right, right. wasn't not for not probably how to talk
2: shit. I mean, if it, it wasn't for Louie, right? <laughs> I'd be a little punk, you know. Like It's all about that hierarchy, you know, when you're on tour and stuff like you. If you weren't, like, talking mess, you know, like, people would just – you'd be at the bottom of the, you
1: know, the totem pole, and you'd
2: just be getting shit-talking the whole time. Sorry,
1: no, Louis, Louis was impressive, man. I remember, like, you know, we were, like, from New York and we were always good at snapping at each other, and Mike was one of the best, Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. And Louis and right. Mike would go at it, like right. – was it was, it was really one. impressive. I was I'm like, worried. damn, Louis's yeah, snapping like different. a New York guy. <laughs> he's sharp. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's, like, my best friend right there, one of them. I have a lot of best friends, but he's, he's up there,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mike.
3: <laughs> he's probably designing
1: something sick in 3d right yeah. now right he's like, oh, watching. Nah, he was just
0: in the live chat yeah he's watching right now
1: yeah <laughs> so man. what's up Randy? you uh you um louis was saying how you were just a big part of like helping him get back into skating and uh getting back on his feet you guys have such a huge history with everything going yeah uh, i mean we've always excited. pushed each
2: other man like you know i was listening to him and i was, obviously i was upstairs yeah. like uh, Listening to all the stories and stuff, but you know, it, it always went back and forth. Like uh, we always pushed each other out of our comfort zones. We were always like making each other try harder tricks, whether it was like starting like companies or whatnot. Like just because I was on AOL, he made me the designer of all <laughs> of our brands. Like I don't know how that really relates. It's like yeah. oh, I'm chatting it up like this, you know, and he's like oh, you got to make a T-shirt graphic. I'm like okay, just because I go on the computer, I should be a designer now. You get a which, too, <laughs> yeah, which is how I fell into design after role lighting. but yeah oh, wow. <laughs> it's kind of you know forced habit but yeah um i don't know man like yeah when when louis resurfaced dude it's just like i knew that we just fucking we'd be hanging out a lot more and skating again and just doing all that same shit over and over and stuff man i'm already trying to get him a got, got him got him going on the health tip trying to eat a little better already and uh watch you think his skating's good now it's gonna be fucking sick
1: <laughs> yeah. no, it's so it exactly. funny.
2: the way that i look at it man if you, you stay in shape you eat good yeah uh, throw some fucking meditation in there you know and then you know do some uh i don't know just keep on skating like if, whenever your friends are ready to skate you know and it, it just it only keeps getting better somehow i keep surprising myself i just skated with him i actually we skated with dominic sagona the other day yeah yeah and like i heard just see,
3: yeah yeah he came out
2: first time in 10 years dude wow button. that Pretty has often. to
0: happen more often definitely
2: uh, but yeah i just feel like once i feel like Louis, when he's like you know right it's been a couple weeks i watched three four months from now he's just gonna i've already seen it he's already gonna do some fucking rad shit he's already pushing me trying to make me do stuff that's already out my outside of my comfort zone but i'll end up doing it obviously just to yeah, make him happy great. you know so
3: it's, it's <laughs> <comes through. laughs> yeah. yeah it's been definitely been instrumental dude in my um I guess, come back on these blades, I mean, come back to life, really. Um, Knowing that I've always had a friend like this, I mean, literally, I call him, like, you know, I was like afraid to ask if I could stay over the night at his house one time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what, dude, of course, man. I'm like, all right, well, you know, gotta ask. Mm -hmm. Um, Important to like, remember, you know, that not everything is for sure, you know, take it for granted, but I appreciate everything, you know. Um, It's like a brotherhood right here. That's definitely my brother right here for a long time since uh, I've been a teenager. So,
1: crazy. Yeah. No, it, yeah, like I said, some of the earliest some of the earliest videos I've seen you guys in together and seeing you guys just sitting next to each other now is uh it I'm I'm saying it's iconic, you know? And in, in, in my in my blade head watch growing mm-hmm. up watching you guys skate, seeing you guys sitting next to each other right now still being friends, still being brothers, like still being able to skate together is just something it just makes me feel like this the industry is super healthy and we're just like in a good place and it's good to see you guys being healthy and just the hierarchies and the different legends and different eras and everyone being a part and contributing and still being around is just like makes me and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people very proud to be like a part of this community. So it's cool to see. Um, it's cool to see that you guys are also both getting gray hair in the same spot. That's <laughs> and, so I've been yeah. getting grays for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda-
2: yeah. Me too trying to use this anti-aging stuff to reverse the grades. I don't know if it really yeah, works. It's but, really, you know. He's really golfing. <laughs> <laughs> no, rock the grades.
0: What's wrong with the grades? Rock them.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm not hating on them, you know, but I mean, they're going to happen yeah. no matter what, but if I can slow them down a little bit, that'd be okay. <laughs> I'm liking my grades right
0: now, dude. I'm going to do it. No, oh, yeah.
2: That's it, man.
0: It's, like, <laughs> it's OG Irony stuff, more. man. You got to embrace right? them. Yeah. Right? Man,
2: so, yeah. So, I mean, it probably looks pretty funny, though, when you see, like, a guy with gray hair, like, skating a handrail and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just putting, yeah. roll, or just
0: playing with rollerblades in general. <laughs> right. Like 40, um, yeah.
2: Who, guy down the street.
0: Yeah. Who would have thought, like thirty years ago, that you two would still be like friends skating, gray hair, you know? It's uh, a. Yeah. You know, it's coming full circle. But yeah. before we open up our questions, Louis, I there's something, there's a topic at least that we have to talk about because everybody knows you as the style master, and. <laughs> since the beginning since the early days so i want to know if you had any i don't know any any theories on style any anything like that that you have have to say i just i don't even know what to say because you're just so, such a stylish skater you're known for that i don't know if there was anything that you focus on with your skating with the style Cause you're back to it again, and it looks like nothing has changed. It's like the first video; your royales are still the same, pretty much.
3: <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know if it's like a theory behind it. I mean, i know I talked about like what my origins were and who I used to look up to, and um, but I also feel like you know, skating is like it's a craft. You know, rollerblading is a, it's a craft. You got to master it in certain areas. You know, and find what you're good at in it, and really focus on those areas. And just because you're you're gravitating toward an area that you're good at, overdo that, you know, like get really, really good at it. You know, that's why you guys see me Royale so much. Cause like, I just, I keep on doing it even though I think I got it, I'm gonna keep on doing it so that at one point I'm doing a Royale on something very scary or big or something that, that I'm not so sure about. I can do it a little easier than I would if I was just, you know, not, you know trying as hard to, to be good at, those, at that trick, you know so whatever tricks that, are, are, that you're good at, you know really, really get good at them, you know, master them. And um, it'll definitely show you know, the things that you're doing. I know that for sure. Um, the more comfortable you are, the 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 more ease you're gonna be, the more ease you'll, you'll have, the more gracefulness you'll have when you're doing it. Now, I think for me, it's all about comfort, comfort, comfortability um, and being extremely, you know, ready for something. Like I like, and I think there's a lot of preparation that involved too when it comes to actually having a style. I know it may look like people don't like care sometimes on the best well, of their style you know but it actually takes a lot of work there's a lot of hard work involved to, of getting there and to making it look like a little bit effortless but um yeah like uh there's some styles in this enrollment that are incredible i mean i look at today's skating nowadays i mean the all the skating that i've seen you know nowadays it's so much different than it used to be you know but it's like incredible you know there's so much you know finesse involved now you know and like a lot of that effortless style is like really looking amazing now on the smallest things, you know? So like, I really appreciate all the different forms of skating right now. And, um, you can take something from all different parts, you know, and incorporate it in your your own. Like, what do you see yourself doing on this thing? You know, do it the way you want. Don't settle, you know, for just getting it done. Do it the way you want. Go home happy.
2: That makes sense. Like based on what he's saying, like, do it the way you want. It's like, now with like our smartphones and stuff when we're filming tricks it's so easy to just watch and see like what you did wrong or something or there's always kind of something you always want to perfect it until you do it completely proper so you can like see if your arms were a little bit like funky like if they were just like one was a little bit further out than you would like you know with like a lot of the new school guys these days it seems like they just like get on a trick they don't even move and then they land the trick and like when they land it's so like solid and like just you know and then they just roll away and stuff so even I like join, I mean, I try to like mimic some of that stuff to a certain extent, but it's still so hard. But um, like Louis always, I think Louis has like great proprioception. He knows where his body always kind of is. I uh, think also helps. So he's like a little shorter because then <laughs> you know, everything's always like tight and compact. It's like that Vinnie Mitten <laughs> style in that same sense where it's like tight, sure. compact and it's just always efficient. You know what I mean? And sometimes <laughs> when I'm having trouble doing a trick, I will like harness my inner Louis Zamora. And that's why you see me stick my tongue out when I do a trick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> just no. love it. it was fun,
1: but yeah. no, nah, totally. There's th- there's always like those uh, those like iconic Louis like trick moments too. And same with you, Randy. But like those like you know, I just remember like a, a back row, boom, two seventy out with like just because there was the one from the Esco the Esco part. He just like back rows the drop rail. it's like a 270 out like this you know that good 270 out where like your feet slide out and then you spin around you know just like that and like you know like there's like you know uh, just all these like there's like this 270 backside to ali Fitch at rancho bernardo that was just like a thousand miles per hour too like there's all these like iconic tricks like that but but totally like i i feel like if i'm trying a trick like that usually if it'll be on a mini ramp or a quarter pipe or something safe but if but if i am i'm like yes i'm channeling my inner Louise Zamora. Inner Louis. so, so i know you mean <laughs> <doing>. love it it's <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, i john Bellino, dude <laughs> oh john uh, Bellino, he's another one man. He's, he's like actually so like i think like on your old account he was like one of your last photos in like 2014 yeah. you and john really <laughs> he had like the Sab the shirt on yeah you're like one of my favorite rollerbladers still so, all right. still next
2: I remember it one of the first I mean, ones who skated with that kid and we were just like me and Lou were just in awe. We're just like, We've got to sponsor this kid right away. He's amazing. And I mean not to float around boat, look at him now, he's still fucking amazing. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? I know. Oh, yeah, man. You, you had him sponsored on Deshi? <laughs>
2: Um, I think we tried to come to Deshi. I don't know if Deshi like, kind of fizzled out before that. Yeah, exactly, I, think, I don't think we had anybody I, to sponsor, anything to sponsor people with. But Second Regime, for sure, we were all... I think he was Deshi too, right? I think he I think was it, on Deshi. I think he was. I believe, actually, Deshi and Second Regime was what we were trying to get him
0: on. Yeah, yeah. He, he was like 11 years old, 450 right? backslide <laughs> to alley face brain Deshi's. Way yeah, with Deshi's on, so I don't know but if his, you wrote
2: already so sick. sick. It was just one of those things when you just saw him, you're like, oh shit, he just corks you 900 off this quarter pipe over or some shit. And you're only 12 years old, and your style is already dope. You're just like, he's all right. right, this kid is just fucking awesome.
3: He's like, I don't know. He, his his skating is like what I think. What I wish I could be like like that raw and like that powerful with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But that style is too at the same time. Um, he he embodies a lot of the things that I wish like I could do. You know, you always got to have like the people that you look up to that, that become part of what you are trying to emulate as well when you're skating. And uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those raw talents and uh, <laughs> fearless factor
1: yeah. there, like it's, it's definitely admirable he definitely is i think he's he's the, he's the, he's the logical progression after the generations that have brought stuff forward like like you guys have so it's just it's just the next step and continuing on with that tradition and completely agree with that um i think now would be a good time and, and we have both you guys here so it'd be great to do it with both you guys but we're gonna if if randy has time i don't want to put him on the spot but we got yeah. some questions we have some uh, Patreon questions. We have some super chat questions. Um, and then after that, uh, if we if we have the time, I think we're going to go through a couple sections with Louie for our Patreon viewers. We're going to go through the old VG14 one. We're going to go through and get some commentary on that. Hopefully, Randy has the time to to stay yeah. with us throughout that. That'd be awesome. But I think now we're going to just jump into uh, some questions. Austin, awesome. do we have any questions for Patreon?
0: Yes, we do. I just want to see how that... Um... Yeah, I'm gonna to switch to this while I'm asking the questions, at least for now. So we're gonna go through our Patreon questions first. We have a few here before we get to the super chest. There you go, you guys. Get close. You guys are you guys know each you know. other. You're friends. I mean, we um, shared so many beds
2: and so many tours, man. It doesn't even matter anymore. You
0: know. Like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So first, first question from our Patreon is Renee Dillon who asks. What's the newest products you've been interested in in trying out like frames, liners, boots, et cetera?
3: Um, For me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right now, I'm loving my Pat Ritter Them Skates right now. Um, I have those intuition liners in them. Um, Definitely a lot better than I remember liners being. They're super sturdy. Um, I feel like even though I've been skating on them for like a while now, they still feel somewhat sturdy enough to be new. They don't look that new, but they feel new. Um, Also, Randy, right when he knew i had skates um came and saw me at lunch and brought me some dead wheels and i rocked those um since that um the barons are really good too and then um 5050, Lawrence lawrence uh, from fifty-fifty sent me some of those um what are they well, i don't know what the name of the frame is but they have the aluminum um, foundation in them right um they're black and silver but those frames are like incredible they're super strong i could feel the strength of them when i'm rolling around um I just feel like my skate's really, really solid right now. It's a little heavy, but it's solid. Like so, um, I like it. I like it that way. I always like to have a little bit of weight to my skates. Uh, when they're too light, sometimes I I tend to uh, get hurt a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, cool. I I prefer the weight to my skate. Also, um, we have a another question from our Patreon from Kevin Potts. He asked a few questions. Um, we talked about a few of them, so I'm just gonna skip a couple. Uh, Kevin, s is there anything about the industry you hope has changed in your absence, and what sections do you consider to be quote the peak of your powers?
1: <laughs>
0: your
3: powers. Yeah. Um. You know what I I can't say too much of what I don't like to see in the industry because there's so much of what I do like to see in it. But what I can say is that I appreciate the fact that we're um, not so hesitant to involve. Um, the roller skating part of it, I think that's um, a no-brainer. Um, I also think that uh, you know, even the parkour stuff and all that, the, the combination of them all together is definitely very rollerblading. And um, I'm glad to see that our our community as a whole hasn't really pushed people out, but accepted. And um, I love that that part of us. You know, there's other industries that have been pretty, uh, you know, keep that away or this. And um, I like the fact that we're we're willing to not only associate ourselves, but involve ourselves with, uh, with other ones. And, um, that's awesome. I mean, role betting when it started, like even Senate sponsored bikers back in the day, I remember I met Dave Mira mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey dude, I skate for Senate too, you know, he's like, "Oh, cool, but, um, you know, it was just awesome. Yeah. At the time rooftop rooftop was sick. Yeah. He, he rode for Senate, you know, dope ass street biker, mm-hmm. um, Mike yeah, Mike million so dollars rooftop. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what, what I've seen. And as far as the peak of my powers. I don't know, like, I feel like on, on, I've, on different skates at different times, I've had different powers. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, the VG14 section, definitely I could, feel like I could do a lot of the things that I, I wanted to do. Um, you know, that, but that's a soft boot skate, so I was definitely a little more um, creative and more finesse on rails and on grinds, but uh, I always wanted to kind of do bigger gaps and stuff like that. I like jumping big gaps, but I just haven't done it in a long time. And I did better um, on those in the lights and in on, on USDs. Um, I remember like I hadn't done a gap in a long time. I think it's in maybe one of Lonnie's videos. Um, and I 540 this really big gap first try. And I landed and I remember thinking, damn, that would not have happened on a soft skate right there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the last, one, last 540 I've done on a big gap. But I, I missed that too. So um, I definitely want to get back to something like that. So I'd say VG14 is definitely at the, at the top there. Um, let me see what else... Um... Yeah, i'd say that that's the peak of my, my skating but I, I don't know i've had good times after that too i just can think of the exact sections i feel like i see bits and pieces of each of them and i'm like yeah you know so i remember knowing i knowing i can do what i want to do at that time too but uh, wasteland was
1: fun. pretty cool wasteland a lot of good yeah. tricks on wasteland yeah. yeah wasteland was an incredible
3: experience dude because we were working with brian smith at the time and brian smith's always had like a wider vision of, of everything you know and like he wanted to like yep. do a form like like um, film, you know, like like movie version of like the intros and stuff like that. And I remember we uh, we went to Nick Hexum's house from the lead singer from um, 311, and we filmed the 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 movie portions of that of my intro, you know, and then uh, at parts in Venice too. And um, that section, I definitely was uh, on top of my game. I'd, I'd been practicing a lot, and um, you know, he was there. He was really easy to film with, and um, he's really funny, um, really great guy, Brian Smith. You know, like I see him, I just want to smile all the time. And um, he made he made it really easy to be myself on skates and on, on his camera. I mean, I remember after that, he got he got me like an agent too. I think I went to this met this agent with Randy, and she sent us on this like um, commercial, Dew commercial a Mountain Dew commercial <laughs> audition, dude. And we went there and like I just remember it was super funny. It was like this commercial where um, they want they're like, Im- imagine yourself surfing on a journey through a hospital. And we're like oh wow <laughs> like all right <laughs> so we got crazy he got all crazy in, in the <laughs> audition room dude yeah,
2: i remember standing up and like pretending to paddle out like, yeah yeah he paddled out it was just like
3: a square box that we were on and then you got a like,
2: surfing grill you
3: know <laughs> yeah we kind of made it so, so and yeah, we made a fool of <laughs> ourselves in that interview we definitely didn't get it you know kind of glad we didn't get it maybe, yeah because probably like laughing at ourselves now like
2: why do we do that yeah. we gonna get less or something
3: but... but it was pretty funny dude it's a good story
0: <laughs> that's funny that, that does sound like a good story <laughs> it does we have one more Patreon question before we move on to our super chats from Daniel Diaz who asks if you had any advice for comeback older bladers out there.
3: Yeah. Um, well, first off, if you're thinking of coming back, that means your heart's already in it and I say, follow your heart and do this thing. Um, role is extremely, uh, amazing in, in many ways. It's, it, it helps me express myself um, first and foremost. Um, but it's also like art too, you know, like it's a lot of expressive things going on. It's good for the soul. Dude. Um, so definitely do that for yourself. And then, um, if you're coming back, I know the body's, it's not as um, responsive as it used to be. Doesn't just bounce back. Um, I mean, Randy's a lot better at answering this question because he's like really into like the, the science of the health part of it, you know, <laughs> muscle technology. But, um, for me, it's been, you know, having a strong will, not settling. And, um, be be willing to see what you, what you start through, you know, make a commitment, really do it. Um, at times when I first started again, like it hurt dude. And like, I remember like it didn't hurt that much, you know, but it, it made me want, it discouraged me for a second, you know? And I, I remember that, um, before, you know, if I let myself get discouraged and quit, then I definitely wouldn't be able to get to the other side and find that glory that I can find, you know? Um, that you know we're all looking for a little personal glory dude and i think on the other side of these these difficulties we have on these skates um is that you know And that's why i say do it the way you want to do it you know yeah
2: just take your time like don't don't rush into like doing like your best favorite tricks you know start oh, slow yeah. take just do a bunch of royales at first Skate the skate park at, go to skate parks at first especially because you can It's just a little bit easier when you fall you can slide and transition it doesn't take as much strength to like skate been skating a bunch of street lately and it it hurts a lot more (laughs) when you fall and just the the physicality that comes behind it jumping and all that stuff is like so just take your time you know that you'll get there and then when you start trying to do the tricks that you know that you used to be able to do trust yourself it's so important like before you commit like think about it know that you can do it and then try it don't just go and like oh i got this because i've seen a handful of dudes like coming back trying to like do stuff like trying to go hard in the paint straight at the beginning, straight out the gate and they just get tore up from the floor up and then they're just done, you know? So it's like, and they're like, Oh, well, I tried. Oh yeah, I should have done that. And then they don't skate ever again. It's just like, no, yeah. take your time, dude. Like you haven't been on skates. Like even Dominic, we had to like, we'd have to slow him down. He was actually doing pretty good. Dominic was like, you know, I haven't been on skates in 10 years, you know, and he wanted to try some stuff. And then Louie was up like, here we pushing him. He actually made him do a couple extra tricks that he wanted to do, but it was like later in the session, you know, it wasn't at the very beginning.
3: Even though Dominic looks so sick skating, Even just a little background, and he just hops off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that. I think what he's saying is definitely very relevant. You know, when I first started, I wanted to like, you know, cause your, your mind's there, dude, but your body's not, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, you gotta realize that early, early out. So you see yourself doing these tricks that, you know, you remember yourself doing some of your greatest memories of you busting this trick, you know, and you think you got it, but your body takes a little bit to respond. So definitely give your, yourself some time, take it slow. Like I literally took it slow as, as I could. Like I, day one royales day two royales three, day three royales still on curbs, mm-hmm. dude you know like definitely take it slow find your comfortability and really 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 put the work in to get that comfortability back and it'll slowly, slowly start transitioning into the other areas that you're skating you'll start feeling that confidence mm-hmm. but don't don't go ahead don't get ahead of yourself i'd say that it's a quick way to get hurt and discouraged
0: that's great totally. advice and yeah i feel like louis you did it proper you, you said start from the curb where you started from in the first place and it's kinda of like went full circle like that. And anybody Randy did the complete opposite, I feel like Randy just started and just came out of bad <laughs> <out of> hell <laughs> and just started killing <laughs> it off the bat. Randy just crossed yeah, it and right, stuff. He doesn't you know,
1: he doesn't right. count. Like he like like Louis said, he's got like the, the health muscle technology. He's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Randy. he is. He's still different. Dude, you know, well, <laughs> he's, I mean, ready, I mean, he's ready. He's ready for be this. fair. I've been working
2: out for the last like, you know, eight or nine years prior to this. So it like I had some it still hurts, man. It still is you would think that like, oh I'm so fit, yada yada yada. Then you skate, it's like every muscle hurts, like that doesn't mm-hmm. even I don't even know how to explain it, but
1: it's different. Yeah, it's different, different muscles.
0: Different parts yeah. of your body. So anybody who's looking to come back skating, you just had advice from louis Zamora and Randy Spiser. So oh, yeah,
2: and get get a theragun
0: Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, one of those like things that like that. Yeah, muscles.
2: Muscles, yeah. So, yeah, that that's like night and day. Crucial. So, yeah. It's got my right I, yeah, yeah. Oh, got my. I waited way <laughs> too long. I waited way too long. I actually just bought one and I'm like, Whoa, what have I been doing? This is so Yeah. Stupid. When you get I one, you're like, how do I, I live with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the best, it's like
0: the best. Yeah. That's all good advice. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we're going to move on to the super chats now for everyone watching live. If you have any questions, like Billy said, we split our super chat with our guest, um, and your questions get prioritized. So first one is from King Rando who asks, what was Amora's favorite skates? The rollerblade roadhouses, K twos, or USD thrones.
3: Mm. Yeah, Stuff.
2: I think you look the tightest in uh, K twos. I don't know. Oh, language. Um, the alley, your Ali topsails and K twos were so tight. So, like, I, I always think of that trick in K two, and i like, there's everything you know, in the K twos. I, I actually every skate you skated was so tight,
3: but uh, I like the thrones. Like my pro throne was yeah. fine. Like my at that point, like I liked the most. I like the flat edge on it. So yeah um for for shuffles and slides and stuff like that variations in alley capsules or yeah kind of that was a good <laughs> skate right there um i've seen that the that mesmer skate has uh, a little bit of look of, that, of the older yeah. um, it's tight your looks really yep. dope the modification you guys made to it the skate looks solid too
1: yep thank you
0: <laughs> that is a solid skate <laughs>
2: <Big old grin>.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um I always pictured you on the k twos also that's like the style, yeah. the, those Royales yeah. and like Randy said, the topsails, too. like top soles and backslides.
1: Like a lot a lot of those iconic tricks that were done on like like Randy was saying, like we're done on like the K twos, like the fish brain three sixty off from the table, which <laughs> it is just my, epic. Like best the two seventy backs that I leave fish at Rancho Bernardo, like the true macchio yeah. to forward at yeah. Rancho Bernardo, like uh, really like great. a lot, a lot of those. Yeah, right. like <laughs> K-2s I, were there's some rail over here in Long Beach. He like full cab, Alib Fishbrain, full cab off. Yes. Like it's the one that we skated. Like the how to do your first rail on our Patreon. By the way, if you're not a Patreon, you can be a Patreon for three dollars a month. But <laughs> it was when you did the full cab, Ali Fishbrain. Like those are all like so. A lot of those iconic tricks were done in the K2s. So mm-hmm. I'm really right, yeah. K2s are definitely
3: at the pinnacle of my skating. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like I could do a lot of stuff on K2s. Um, but every ski has its own little unique properties, too, you know. But K2's definitely overall gave me a definite confidence and an ability in, in Royal tricks and even in Soul tricks, too, once you break it in, that I, I couldn't really have on other ones. I like Solomon's, too. Solomons, yeah, I was just sure. going to say that.
2: I will say the Ridders are fairly similar to color to the Solomon's and yeah. it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of Louis, you know, doing the Solomon tricks, like the negative mistrials and stuff like that. And seeing oh. that kind of was a, you know, a, a bring back to the past on that one
1: yeah the Ritter skate looks so sick and it's just like it's like that nostalgic because when the solomon came out i know they had had the blue one and then they had the beige one and so like that Ritter is just like so nostalgic of that first one and yeah just like them skates look so everything with them is just on on point with like the intuitions and everything and huge shout out john julio huge shout out pat ritter we love those guys
0: hell yeah uh we have a super chat from sky maz who says much love to you saw you in person at the 99x games and it was impactful seeing your style up close only allowed one trick what would you choose
2: oh you can only do one trick you Do
3: minute. one trick that's the only one it's probably i'll eat top soul that's like always been my favorite trick mm-hmm. i think damn that's yeah, not even that's an easy one <laughs> because <laughs> i like top soul i felt like when i was like learning all these difficult tricks was like the hardest one to get and the scariest one to do um On like a down ledge or a rail. and and um, mm-hmm. when I whenever I actually did it on something that scared me, I always felt like, damn, I did, this, I yeah. did that. You know, I felt good about it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Not, not to take Louie's question, but I might have to go basic, just like straight soul grind because that's it's, all. Day. It's the first trick I learned. You know, it's like the first trick you kind of like, kind of learn on a ledge or like I mean on a curb, and then even to
3: this day, it's like, I could probably do a soul grind on like, right. some big stuff, you know? You're right. I've got to take my, my answer back no, royal. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm Royale and he's soul. I'm just feel silly. <laughs> you're right. If I can only do one forever, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want Royale. It's probably the only trick that we actually will be able to do forever. <laughs> it's it's actually the for that,
0: right? <laughs> Seven-year-old Louis doing alley top souls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be impressive. I don't doubt that either. But anyway, anyway. Um, we have a super chat from Matt Ledoux who asked, do you remember oh, visit, sure. do you remember visiting us on the set on Rollerball in Montreal? Hearing <laughs> you today is so inspiring and so much love from Canada, brother.
3: Oh yeah. Dude, Matt Ledoux, super, ins- uh, I'm inspired by you, man. Speaking of parkour, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Building, he, yeah. I was talking about like the, I wish it was like more people to bridge the gap, but he's like the original gap bridger. Um, with like the parkour style and roll bending, Matt would do su- super innovative with that in that fashion. Um, I, lo- I love watching him skating. Um, still? I do, I do. Yeah, still, I love watching it, um, and even the styles too. Um, but yeah, I do remember the uh, the rollerball set. I do, <laughs> I do. That that little course they had built for us there was like obviously someone that never skated before, but like knew know, like knew how to build shit, made that. And, like, I remember there was a spine there. It was, like, literally, I would say like a foot and a half wide, and it went up, vert status, cur- it curved, and then on the other side, it curved back the other way, but a spine. And we had to air that spine, dude, and come down the other side of it. Like, you went over vert like this, and then you had to go That like- wasn't over vert. It curved, oh. you know, but it was vert top, you know, and then on the other side, it was just the opposite of it, but the opposite way. You have to draw this on paper, I have to drop it. dude was very, very scary. Dude, and it was only something like, "Well, dude, you're like, you know, this movie industry, you do some stunts, you know, It's a stunt to you, you know." Tell me about that. Sean Robinson was there too.
1: <laughs> That's
3: Shout awesome. Out. Love this. Love this. Have to anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, we have Let's a throw. super.
0: We have a super chat from Matt Rice who uh says you were in the iconic documentary it's all good any backstories from filming that you guys are both in it. this is perfect
3: yeah yeah um uh yeah i do actually recall one interesting moment i don't know if they really showed much of it on camera but we um it it took us all to this like ropes climbing course up in like big bear mountain Hmm. and um i didn't know what they were doing over there and at this time i had been kind of afraid of shit like that i don't know why i was like not afraid to do like You know crazy things on rollerblades that are like death-defying but i was afraid to like climb this thing you know on this ropes course dude and i remember like the producer or like yeah the the producer or i was a female director there she literally went there with me and helped me overcome my fear of it and um i'll never forget that you know i thought that was really really cool um it showed me that she cared and actually got all of us like a lot more into doing that that documentary than, than we were really doing at the time you know
2: the only thing I really remember, like, from that whole documentary, they, they were really trying to pit, like, East versus West, oh, yeah. and, like, once we met everybody, we were all boys. We were like, wait, what? Like, what is this all about? This is so weird. I don't know. Yeah, Gil, Gil- Vasquez was, like, my right. nemesis, right? I love Gil. Yeah, <laughs> i right the dude. You know? yeah. I just went to Puerto Rico with him, like, in October. <laughs> like, it's so funny.
1: That's, That's cool. right. I saw you in New York with the gang in the that summer. That's right. I did. I ran into you
2: so randomly. We were just driving, and you guys were walking by. Worldly odds. It was so funny. Yeah. I missed you. Like, man. <laughs> we were stuck in traffic. We were actually. It actually makes sense that you walked by because we were literally in that same spot for
3: like forty-five minutes. So eventually, <laughs> you yeah. walked by, right? <laughs>
1: just a matter of time. Yeah. Right. Hey, Billy.
3: You know, I met you before. Do you think you met me? I met you. I think when we were staying at Angel Soto's house on in Staten Island. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Playing Halo, yeah, in, you, in the basement. Yes, <laughs> I, I, was, I was. there then too. I had to show you guys, you know, how the game worked over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing so. Yeah. That's,
1: That's right. You stayed with Angel a while ago, and like I, I remember, like it was like during the, the VG times, right? Yeah. VG10, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it. I, love it. I love
3: the East Coast vibes.
1: Dude. I love it that you were in Staten
0: Island, bro. I know. You skated it's like yeah. incredible. You skated like our, our iconic home spots that I even still skate like nowadays. It's, it's really cool.
3: Joe Dentro, John Ortiz, some other brother right
1: there.
0: Oh, yeah. T-
3: yep.
1: Facts. That's the gang. Oh,
0: uh, awesome. what do we have? Yeah, my bad. I lost track for a second. I was caught up in the stories. I was just I, I was I was being a, I was being a fan real quick. All right, um, moving on to the super chat questions. We have Pierre Garquet. I'm definitely saying that saying that right. Um, of all the skaters you skated with. Who is your favorite? Oh, of all the skates you skated, what is your favorite? And what is your favorite Randy story?
3: Not great. <laughs> right. This is going to get good. All right. There's so many Randy stories. Um, my favorite skate I've ever skated. Dude, obviously, I have a problem with like, liking all the skates. I've skated all of them. Hmm. One kind. Of, one skate I didn't really skate. But... Um, my favorite, I guess I'm going to have to go with the, the 250cc. That's my favorite skate of all time. But I also like want to say that blade, the first one, that actually, his skate, because that's when they change the soul plates and like everything. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the K2 is going to definitely be the one pick. I have to add one pick. And then my favorite Randy story. There's so many Randy stories. Um, but one thing that comes to mind when thinking about Randy is um, when we first met, how he used to come pick me up from my parents' house. Like at two in the morning like out of nowhere i'm like no way you're gonna drive over here he's like i'm on my way dude i'm coming already. and then we'd always go get um horchata's at this mexican place actually from his <laughs> house his dad's house like every night it, we'd be all gaming it up and then we'd just go get horchata's dude. And those are some like my fondest memories of back then but um, yeah there's a lot of random stories It's something well, because i had my license
2: before everybody for some reason and i had a car so you're i would just <laughs> somehow yeah. I just well i took like literally the ten thousand dollars that i had somehow made from roadblading. and i just went and bought a car I just wanted a black car. I didn't kind of didn't really care what kind of car it was, and it ended up being a Mazda Protege. I don't know why i had to be black. That was just what I wanted. <laughs> Mazda Protege, and that Mazda Protege, man, we probably put so many miles on it. Like using our Thomas Guide to find schools. Like up. that's before Google Maps. For you kids that don't know what a Thomas Guide is, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Which I got from my dad because he's a truck driver. He was like, "Here's 16th birthday. Here's a Thomas Guide. You'll, <laughs> you'll never get lost. I'm like, Thanks, Dad." And <laughs> And I wanted dated. to skate with my homies, you know. So I would go and Louis didn't have a license yet. Pick him up, take him skating for the whole day. And then instead of taking him home, I would drop him off at his girlfriend's house. Right. Nice. And then, <laughs> and then I go and I pick him up the next day to skate. You know, that's just I don't know. I guess it's what you do with kids.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dope.
0: That's awesome. Uh, we have a super chat from oh shit Rainier's in the chat. No, that's sick. <laughs> Louis, you had me literally tearing up hearing your story, brother. So happy you were able to come out for that. Uh, out of all the sections that you have had filmed, which one was your favorite and why? Kind of talked about this before. I guess you didn't um, really say why.
3: Well, I think that uh, the VT14 section was my favorite to film because um, the amount of places that we covered um, and I got to meet so many people during that time. Like I think I met Benny Minton during that time. Um, got to, we went to Antioch dude, and I got to actually see like what's up with that. Um, I got to know a lot of people in uh, in NorCal, you know. At the time, as Zekeway too, um, got to meet you know um, Nick Ribble in in uh, Santa Rosa. So I mean, on that trip, we covered a lot of a lot of Brown, all the Juice Like a Fool guys over there too. Really, mm-hmm. uh, the Johnny Hedges. Um, I remember I really fond memories of filming that section and being in a you know different places with a lot of. Good people, and um, yeah, that's definitely my favorite section. Um, filming it with a good guy, um, his roommate at the time, and I got with him the whole time, and all my other friends. It was just like a collaboration of a bunch of homies, and we're all skating together. But I ended up making a profile out of it, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So, in many respects, it feels like um, it wasn't just me on that thing, and that's how I like to do things.
0: I think a lot of people will agree with that VG 14 section being. Your best one, which we will watch afterwards in the Patreon Coming everybody.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to
2: watch. Next Tuesday, <laughs> uh,
0: We have one last super chat question from Sean Michelson, who says you were rocking Solomon's on the cover of Daily Bread Twenty Seven. It's crazy that he knows which issue it was. Um, only thing I ever saw of that. that were they impressive. trying to? Were they trying to
3: pick you up? Was there a story? We need answers. Um, you know, for a point there, that I, I thought that there might have been a, a thing with Solomon. But also, it was a time of, of um, in-between skate sponsors for me, too. So, And I always wanted to skate the Solomon Skate. So I always saw, like, at the time, Shane Scowers was my, my homie, too. I used to stay with him in Texas a lot. And then also, Aaron Fiber was amazing. You know, he only won, like, 10 X Games in a row at Solomons. Um, you know, I always wanted to skate them. And then Matt Andrews, too, skating Solomons. Um, I used to see Matt, Matt Andrews a lot over here with Randy. Getting you to know Matt was awesome, and still is. Um, and uh, I always wanted to skate them. I thought they had a cool team, dude. The Chiaki was on it, dude. You know, they're always going to, like, Japan and shit. I, I told them the place I never got to go to. I wanted to go there. Same. But, um, yeah, Solomon's actually really surprised me of how um, good they were. Um, they were, really, like, ahead of its time with, like, the support. And um, I feel like on those skates, dude, like, for some reason, like, if you're riding flat on those skates and, like, you dropped in a ramp and, like, you put some effort into that pump, you get more speed on those skates than any other skate. And I don't know if any people, anybody else, has ever ridden them has felt that before. But um, I still remember it to this day. Like I, I would drop in a vert ramp when I could drop in vert ramps. Um, definitely can't do that now. Um, but I would be able to get air like big airs on on Solomon suit, and no other skater I've ever been able to get air like that on vert ramp. I don't know how the vert skaters do it. They like, pump different. Or they, I don't know what they do, but they they can be catching air all big like that, like Takeshi. It's Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Solomon's always felt like a super solid skate. And um, so at, at a point there, I thought, you know, maybe I might have a shot getting on them. But they had a different idea of what they wanted, you know, in, in role um at the time. I don't know. I just I think I wasn't that ideal person for them or style or whatever it was. But um, I never really worked out with Solomon, even though I, I put their skate on the cover of a magazine. Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool, a cool little interesting story.
1: Cool. We do have one last super check got squoze in, squeezed in by uh, our – Actually, our Patreon winner of the month, Aaron Schultz. Congrats, Aaron, on the win, and thank you for your super chat. He says, Louie, your 450 Royale down a stair rail in Elements 2 blew my 14-year-old mind. Had you seen others lace that prior to you? I can't seem to recall any. What inspired you to go for that? Cheers from Iowa. And I might add that wow. you were the first person I saw do 360 Soul and, and 450 Royale on a down rail. The 360 Soul was... In a boot camp in the back of a daily bread Mm -hmm. and the 450 rail was in elements at that school in i think it's laguna niguel right it's like yeah Yeah, you know know i know i i I went there to hang out with my my fiance from laguna niguel we went to her friend's house and there's a school a block away and i walked over there you know to to go for safety and i saw it i was like oh my god that's that legendary it's still there it's still there it's okay. crazy it's not after anything it's, it's, capped. it's capped it's capped uh, it's capped but it's still there but yeah yeah so capped. i'm sorry i didn't mean to go on but hey uh congratulations aaron on winning the, the
3: the little contest <laughs> okay. there i think that's awesome and um that's a pretty good question dude um very good question because i had not seen anybody do a 450 royale um before that and um, I remember thinking I wanted to do it, but it was never a reel that I, I could find myself doing it on. I wasn't going to go fast and like do it on some big rail, but like that rail, the height of it was like perfect. Even though there was a big old like, you know, cap in it or like a different like size of piping that fit over it, it was weird that I actually chose that reel to do it on. But I remember when I did it and um, people were hyped, but I'm thinking in my head, like I don't think anyone's ever done that trick before. Um, and I was really happy that I did that. I'm just remember, like being stoked that I, that I landed that trick. Because, you know, you always want to push yourself and see what, like, you have dream tricks, you know, and that was one of them, you know, and that, after that 4.50 where I was done, it was allowed me to do other ones, you know, like, one of my favorite tricks, I think I was in, like, uh, Las Vegas for, like, something, and I did a 4.50 back row on K2s, might be in the Esco thing, but, like, I remember thinking that was, like, a direct result from that trick, because, um, you know, I, I figured out that the spins, spin to grinds is possible, and it just started evolving from there. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen it done, or, or I don't know anybody that's ever done it before that.
0: Oh, I never really caught yes. on to that. That's awesome. That,
1: you know what? I think we all knew that was true, but just to hear you confirm it is just like puts the stamp on it. Let's <laughs> go. I, I um, was a uh, mutual on that one. I
3: felt good about that one.
1: Thank you guys. for giving the opportunity. Totally. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> no, I hope you brought that whole, that, that whole style with it all. Um, yeah. So I think that was our last super chat question. Uh, yes. Louie, uh, Randy, thank you for joining us this has been an illuminating episode it's been a deep episode it's been a powerful episode it's hit me in my heart it's been honest it's so good to see you. it's refreshing there are so many i'm trying to think of more descriptive words to to use but there's so many i don't need to actually uh, think about it to rattle on about it but um thank you very much for joining us it's been an absolute honor. Um, we're going to keep you around for a little bit so we could watch some old sections with you and, and, and go over some of those old memories together. So if you're a patron, feel free to join and check that out. But do you have any, um, shout outs, words of wisdom, last words, um, that you would like to say before, uh, we end this episode and before you do, I just want to say one last time, if you're watching live, please hit the like button and shout out to our sponsor blank, shout out blank. Sorry. Thank you, Louis. Oh yeah. Um,
3: there's definitely a couple shouts I have, um, because without these people, I wouldn't be here today. And I've mentioned a lot of them throughout this, this podcast, but, um, also I, I want to thank Cornerstone of, of Southern California and everybody I've met there. Um, my case manager there Leah, was awesome. Um, and then I also have a group of guys that um, every morning I do a morning meditation with early morning and it really helps set my, that's my day in the right direction. And uh, once I started doing that with them, it really like helped kick into gear. Um, taking this recovery thing, you know, serious and it put me on a, a trajectory that, that's only helped me and it helps me on a daily basis. Um, so I shout out to my guys, um, Cody, Kevin, and Jimmy, um, every morning. Um, uh, thank you for uh, doing that with me every day. And then, um, I've gotta shout out my family my brother and Stephanie, my brother, Steven. uh love you guys. My mother and father love you guys so much. Thank you for never giving up on me. Um, and um yeah, uh, my, my dad also you know my dad's big on prayer, um, he also prayed that I in my recovery I'd be surrounded by people that have you know um, love, love in their hearts and that um, are positive and, and good for for my recovery and, and um, his, his prayers will always get answered um, and I, I'm living in a house right now on oceanside with a bunch of great individuals, and they also help me you know remain accountable and um are all positively motivated in their, in their directions too, you know, and doing their thing and taking this thing seriously. And I I love to see that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much um, most of the people that I want to shout out. You know, I I have loved ones that, you know, I love you. um, And you're definitely the reason um, that I'm here as well. And um, thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you who accept me and, and, uh, and support me. Um, you guys support means a lot to me. It really, really does. And um, I do not take it for granted. I literally thank God every day for it. Um, and I'm humbled by it. And I'm grateful. And um, I look forward to the future with um, whatever happens here. Um, I know that it's it's coming from a, a, a good place now. You know, it's, it's motivated of um, something, something pure and something positive. And um, I want to thank you guys. And I also want to shout out to everybody that that rides rollerblades or that 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 does something for rollerblading. Even if you make a limited run, like Soul Peace Park or something like that, you're still doing something for something good, and um, I support that 100%. I think that's amazing. Um, you know, if you could think it, you could do it. Uh, if you could think it, write it down and then achieve it, manifest that shit, make it happen. Because you know, if you don't, who else is going to do it? You know, these things are possible. You never know what's going to come of of your efforts. And um, yeah
0: beautifully said and louie thank you for putting a smile on all our faces every time you post something on instagram because i know my face lit up when i saw you back on instagram you being my favorite skater growing up in the 90s and shit like see you back see you skating again we love it let's keep this positivity going let's keep it we're all here for each other let's keep it all going um thank you thank you again for joining us and stay on the line don't go anywhere we're going to shoot this video afterwards everybody watching now thank you so much please subscribe like give us a follow shout out to blank for sponsoring this episode go check out blank rolling products and we'll catch you all on the next one peace everybody